commence primary ignition. This is where the fun begins. What is up, all of you? Ugnots and Jawas out there, and welcome back to yet again another episode of Mando Talk, your home for Star Wars discussion, news, and Star Wars love, basically. This episode is presented by me, your boy, Caleb Keller. I'm back as the host, and joining me as the co-host, you know him, you love him, DJ Foster is back. DJ, say what's up to the peep. What is up to the peep? Peeps. 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 Let me add some plurality to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we got more than one listening. We know that. Yeah, we do. We do. We have Our several. Mando talking supporters are strong. Yes, they are. I miss the Mando chat a little bit. Yeah, the live chat. Yeah. Yeah, I miss it just Good a little stuff. bit. Just a little bit. Sometimes we got a little hairy, a little dicey, but hey, you know what? <laughs> Doesn't matter. It was always fun to, to talk with everybody. Um, so, yeah, it's it, everything's good, man. And yeah, I'm doing the blurred background today. I had no hey. idea how to do it. And I, to be completely honest, I already forgot how to turn it on. So I'm probably stuck like this. Hey, that's <laughs> fair. All, all three of us got that feature going on. And yes, there is a third individual with us. We finally got the chance to make this happen. Zach Horvath is here as also another co-host. What up, Zach? What up? Yeah, man. So excited to be here, to be back. Uh, us three, the squad together, finally. Yeah. Um, and this what a the show, first time, right? Uh, it is. I, think, I think it's the first time we've tried yeah. and we, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, I think we had some trouble, technical difficulties, yeah. but um, what a show to bring us together because woo, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. And we're going to dive deep into, we're specifically going to dive deep into and or episode five titled the Axe forgets. That is the most recent episode. So we wanted to make sure that you know, as a Star Wars podcast listener, you've probably heard some analysis on all of the episodes up to this point. Even I have done a solo rundown of episodes one through four, but we're still going to talk about episodes one through four here real quickly. You've heard from me, but really we wanted to the, this first segment of the show. I wanted to give Zach and DJ an opportunity to give some five. I asked them to give me their top five takeaways from episodes one through four so far, and then we will specifically dive deep into episode five so episode five will be our focus but as we're all three coming together here to discuss this this brand new star wars show that seemingly we're all loving uh, spoiler alert maybe i think we're all three loving it we'll see we'll see what this takeaway discussion leads to but yeah i wanted to just start there i mean i don't care who goes first who talks first i don't know dj zach dj zach who who wants to go first share with me listen your top five takeaways so far Zach hasn't been here in a hot sure. minute. Zach <laughs> should go first. Okay, Zach. Okay, I'll go. Um, so I'll just start off the top. Absolutely loving this show. Um, it is exactly what I want from a Disney Plus show. Mm. Um, and I've seen some people say this, that it's HBO feeling. And I agree. Um, mm. I, now, is it House of the Dragon? No. <laughs> but is it trying to be? No. It is, it is, 
it is Star Wars in this vein that I've always thought Star Wars could go in. Mm-hmm. And um, I love that, yeah. I, the writing is just impeccable. So my first off the top, the writing, amazing. Um, yeah. Every line, every syllable I'm hanging on, I want to know all the characters. I want to know exactly what they're saying because everything's important. Um, we're 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 gonna talk about episode five today, but even though episode five was you know more dialogue heavy and and more nothing really happened, it was still very important, and um, mm-hmm. I think it's gonna pay off. My second thing is uh, the characters, like so well done, and it goes back to the the you know the writing, but also the the acting. Dude, Scarsgard is putting oh, on a show, okay. He is incredible in this show um, when he's, you know, changing from rebel, you know, leader into this like arts dealer artifact guy. It was just mm-hmm. like, this is so sick. Incredible. Um, yeah. And, and Andor himself, I think, is so, you know, fascinating. The Empire guy who's like now shatter, you know, he's shunned or whatever is going it's on. It's real. Karn. It's Karn. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even know his name, um, but. That He's guy, Gay, Gabe Lewis from The Office. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah fair. That's, yeah. That's who he is. Um, man, flat out. He he's amazing. Like I know he's he's scheming. He's gonna do something. Um. But yeah, characters. Number three is the feel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. It feels like freaking Star Wars, man. It doesn't feel like I know the volume gets some hate. You can feel the difference. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You can. Um, we've been watching House of the Dragon. I'll just talk about this. They've been using the volume, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or whatever they call it, stagecraft. Everybody's got their own thing now. Right, yeah. And you can feel it sometimes where you're like, I know this isn't right. Like, I know it's not. But like when we're seeing the the um, TIE fighter go like o- over the mountain and come back, that's sick. That's yeah. sick. You could feel, you could feel it. So yeah, feeling number three. Number four is just... I could see it. Ah, I missed it. Oh, it's a it's a Tie Fighter. Ah, there you go. DJ that with sound, that blurred background, dude, and it just like comes through. To it. Awesome. Uh, it's it, there's yeah. a Tie Fighter on the cup. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, I I uh, I thought the overall, um, I guess, arcs of the show are working mm-hmm. well for me so far. How we kind of they're doing this. I think it's three episode arcs, right? Hundred percent. Yeah. What they're doing. Much, so yeah. I really like the feel of that. It doesn't fall into the Marvel trap of having to freaking rush everything and just you don't get time to breathe or you got eight episodes and you just got to burn through it. I do not feel that at all. It's almost on the other end where it's like, all right, you know, we're slow burning. The burn ain't even burning. You know? <laughs> um, but they dropped the first three. Brilliant move. Brilliant, Brilliant move. Fantastic. I would have been like, this is boring. If, if it was just the first yeah. like one I would have mm-hmm. been like, this is cool. I'll watch more, but, you know, it's kind of boring. But I thought it was great. And then my last thing is just, I want more of this. That's not really a takeaway. I guess my takeaway is I want them. I don't need lightsabers. I don't need the force. I don't need all those things. Always. Like, I want them. And they they have earned their place. But the fact that this is so good and it yeah. has nothing to do with any of that. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what I've been wanting. Well, um, even me, more so than Mando, because Mando is still, you know, very Star Wars lore heavy. And this is more just people in the world. Yeah. And it's fascinating. 
Well, and I just want to add to your last point there real quickly regarding, you know, this, the, the force is missing right uh, out of this show, but this show views its viewers as smart enough to make the connections up. For example, like the Kyber that, uh, that yes. Luthan gives to Cassian. Yes. We don't know. That might not be the correct Kyber to use to ignite a lightsaber. But regardless, as a Star Wars fan, when you see that Kyber, you still think of Jedi, lightsaber, the Force. But they're not the going, show's oh, not addressing look, it. This goes right. in a lightsaber. It's like, wow. It's, like a per, it's a perfect balance. 100%. Rogue One did the same thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, of course, Rogue One took it a step further with Darth Vader just wrecking. Sure, shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, but 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 even the Vader scene was not like space fantasy we've always seen. It was it was dark. It was a different and it Vader. Was, yeah. yeah. It was this dude's murking people. Yeah. Um, that, that was different. So, DJ, you, you go. What you yeah. got? I mean, it's funny. The first three things you ran down are basically the first three things I have. You know, yeah. you talked about the story and the scope. I mean, it, it really is great. I mean, for me, I don't know if you said this exactly, but uh, I can feel the tension. You know? Oh, man. I mean, it's sure. it, it's incredible how much it builds. And that's not something that I've really felt in a Star Wars project since maybe when Grogu was captured in, in season two. But before that, it's Rogue One. That's the last time I felt that kind of tension in Star Wars. And I, I can't even think of another time where I, I mean, I, I get that way. I, get, I, I become a kindergartner again when I watch Phantom Menace and when, and Anakin can't get his pod race going, I feel that same kind of tension, but I, I can't think of other moments in star Wars where I really feel the kind of tension that's happening here. And so it's great. It's great for storytelling. It's great for the slow burn. As you mentioned, Zach, I mean, it's, it's impeccable. You talked about the character building. I mean, yes, the a number of characters this show has at first seemed light. And now as I think about it more five episodes in, it's actually fairly heavy, but they're all, it's like crazy. It's like the best of the best minor characters. You know, it's everybody you've ever seen in the background of a star Wars project. And they're just suddenly in the foreground. And it's like, this is what's going through people's minds, you know, as the empire is taking over, maybe not everybody, but I mean, I would say it's split 50, 50, you know, that that's what people th are thinking. It's just awesome. You also mentioned the look and the feel, the location stuff is incredible. Yeah. The fact that they didn't use the volume or whatever stagecraft, whatever it's called, the fact that they didn't use any of that. I don't think they used any of it. At least that's what I heard. Um, if they're it, they on did, location, they're on location for a ton. But of it looked like some seen. shots, yeah. maybe. But yeah, most like of I time. could definitely see like whenever they're in their ships and you're like, like a, hyperspace yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Well, you've got to do that. that. Yeah. yeah, but it works. That works. That. Like that, no issue with that. There's no problem with that. I mean, why, and by right. the way, the, the going into hyperspace at the beginning of I think it was the fourth episode um, looked my incredible. Go my goodness, that it's I know it's it's still hyperspace. It's still mm -hmm. going. It's still jumping to hyperspace no matter what. But for whatever reason, that one hit different. I don't know why. I think I think it was like a bigger wind, like a bigger front it, windshield. It felt smaller to me. Oh, okay. I, mean, I, it, I don't it, know. It was like something different. It looked sick. I yeah, was like, this looks real. It might be because it that cockpit is so similar to the Falcon. Because I mean, there's oh, no, it was always oh, there's so no close. doubt. I don't know the class, the classification for that ship, but there's it, no doubt it's got to be a YT model. I mean, it has to mm -hmm. just the way it, way it looks. It's got to be a Corellian. It doesn't matter, I guess. But, you know, that that for whatever, it looked great. So that goes into the look and feel like we've talked about. But here's my two that, that you didn't mention. Um, and and they're going to be a little off the wall. I, I usually provide the weird off the wall thing around here anyway, <laughs> but um, the first one's this Mon Mothma mm. just simply put 
Genevieve O'Reilly playing Mon Mothma. Dear Lord. I mean, I never thought I could care so much about a minor character. Mm-hmm. Like she, and let's think about that for just a second. What is she really in? She's in Return of the Jedi, has like five words. Okay. She gets like one episode of Rebels and then Rogue One mm-hmm. and a deleted scene from Revenge of the Sith. That's it. And so now all of a sudden she's been thrusted to the forefront where the name Mon Mothma was trending on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. I was going to cool. say she, it's because she's not minor anymore. No, she's she major. Is, and then I, I've told Caleb this privately. I'll say it now. I, I really think that she's the heart and soul of, of the rebellion. Like I've always thought, no, it's Bail Organa. It's Bail Organa. But uh, now after watching, o- after watching Obi-Wan and thinking about what, what Mon Mothma is doing in this story, she's the heart and soul of the rebellion. hundred percent. I agree. Um, and, and, then, and here's my fifth and final for the overall takeaway Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. We, we were not promised Easter eggs in this project. In fact, they were denied flat yeah, out. They were like, no, we don't worry about that. <laughs> and and now we're at the point where we're Why? like, Indiana Jones's whip is in carbonite in the background. <laughs> you know, right. there there's clearly Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, the, the rocks in the background. There's there's holocrons. There's Wookiee helmets. There's a freaking uh, uh, what's star killer. Uh, yep. Sam Whitworth, Starkiller, Force Unleashed in the back. I mean, they're yeah. they're pulling out some serious stops in this Easter egg world. And not only that, I ha- I told Caleb this. I think it's the fourth episode, maybe. I counted the number of planets or inhabitable whatever locations, yeah, locations yeah. that that were mentioned in one episode. I think again, I think it was the fourth episode. Um, it was it was like 18, 17 or eighteen. Um planets that were mentioned and i'm trying to find it here it is yeah 17 different planets were mentioned in one episode like yeah that's that's insane and like some of them were were like you know we've heard of some we have like fondor fondor was the first one mentioned you guys know where that first came from star wars battlefront 2 nice the fact that fondor is in here like they're pulling from all parts of the buffalo and they're not even hiding it well and the best part about all of that is I didn't even notice. Right. That's the best part. I think that's a good way to put and, it. Yeah. And it's see, not, they're not slapping like, you in the face with all these Easter eggs. No, Again, exactly. they're treating the audience like, where they're at. Like if they're yes. if the audience is smart enough to recognize yeah, all like those if locations they care, and those things, cool. yeah. great. But if the audience isn't smart enough to recognize that, then it's not so a big what? deal. Like, so like what? Move exactly. on. And, and I don't feel like I'm missing out. That's what I hate about yeah. Easter eggs yeah, yeah, when they yeah, yeah. when they like lay it on thick and I'm like, man, I have no idea what this is. And everyone's like, <laughs> yes. oh, this like one. Our, it was just like, oh, wow, that's it's really like cool. When, it's when J.J. Abrams, before he did Force Awakens, all of his movies before that have their Easter eggs, all of them. And he has the same Easter eggs for the most part in every film he does. Yeah, like, R2-D2 it, for one. R2-D2 <laughs> and Star Trek. But then the, yeah. the, the one that I'm most familiar with is Kelvin. That's his dad's name or his grandpa's Ooh. name. And Kelvin Ridge is mentioned um in force awakens and i think it's mentioned another time um in in another sequel trilogy movie but regardless like you get his easter eggs and you're like okay big whoop you know people look for them because they're abrams fanboys i'm not an abrams fanboy like i like super eight but that's about it you know in star wars just proving your point on the planets it just shows you how vast it really is yeah how like how big we deep we can really go with this thing it ain't just Jakku, and which they say Jakku. It isn't just it Jakku, yeah. and it isn't just uh, wherever else. 
Tatooine. Coruscant. <laughs> yeah, Tatooine. It's not Tatooine. Exactly. Yeah, thank Jesus. God. Jesus, yeah, Tatooine. Tatooine. Um, when they one said Jakku, thing, I actually went, ooh, I know that one. <laughs> yep, I knew that one. And I, I, need to, I need to point this out, too, because you mentioned Tatooine. When I think Tatooine, I think Skywalker, and I think Jedi, so I think Force. Coming back to the Force thing you said a minute ago. <laughs> All right, just letting y'all in on my train of thought like here. But, but you said that, that there is no Force element, you know. And that, I love that because, yes, y'all mentioned Kyber Crystals, and, and they're there in Rogue One, and they're now in Andor. I love the parallels with that. I mean, just loving Rogue One. But I will say this. The Force is absent. For sure. It's just not, it's not there, but it is felt mm-hmm. like anytime the empire is there, you can see the dark side creeping into the story. That's and fair. with, and then Cassian, of course, whether he realizes it at this point or not, he's a proponent of the light side. And I love that. It's subtle. It's not in your face. Like, you know, the chosen one prophecy. It's not, it's not that yeah. big. It's just, here it is. And it's just, you know, they're building a story, not around that, but I guess with that in mind. And Mm -hmm. that's where I think the cleverness of this writing is so good to the point that we're going to look back at this, I think, hopefully knock on wood, and we'll come back to this one day and say, this is some of the best Star Wars that was ever put on screen. I hope. Yeah, that's my hope. So I think we're on our way to that. I believe so, too. And so that's kind of my biggest takeaways and and kind of just retorting back to what, what Zach said a little bit, just so. Cause I love, I love, first of all, it's nice to have a third person, <laughs> but secondly, it's great to hear uh, another opinion besides me and Caleb, because I mean, it's giving me more to think about and chew on personally, just throwing that in there. That's free information. I mean, that's why I love 100%. talking to you guys. Cause I'm just sitting there like, this is so cool. So yeah. I love what are talking about it. So. Well, I didn't personally, I didn't come up with takeaways because our audience wow. has had the opportunity. Our audience has had the opportunity to listen to me. <laughs> you know, I did the one through four breakdown, <laughs> yeah. but I came up with one that I tried to make because I had a feeling y'all would touch on like the big, big takeaways like character, writing, mm-hmm. all that stuff that y'all touched on. So I had I had no doubt that y'all were going to get basically my top five takeaways and y'all did. But I thought of one today as I watched this episode for a third time that I didn't think y'all would come up with. And so I'll go ahead and just share that one and then we'll get into the episode five breakdown or whatever you want to call it. Before this show came out, I remember me and DJ talked about it. Um, and honestly, it may have been news out there whenever Zach was part of the show too. I can't, re- I can't remember when this came out, but the, the news of K2SO not being in this series mm-hmm. was massive. Uh, yeah. And it was also something that was massively disappointing to a lot of fans, me included, because that was one of the things that I was like, okay, cool. This Andor show, we're going to dive deep into Cassian and K2SO's relationship. We're going to see how they met, yada, yada, yada. The, the other takeaway that I thought of today, their decision to not put K2SO in this series has been incredible. That the Cassian character is not ready for K2SO mentally and emotionally, all those different things. We're not there to that. Well, point he's yet. not Cassian that we see hundred percent. And yeah. I think obviously with the, the storytelling path that they're taking, you know, with season one being an entire year and then season two, each three episodes, each block is going to be a year. K2SO is coming in season two. I have absolutely no doubt about that. Perfect incredible decision to not bring k2so into the story yet that was a that was a takeaway that i just thought of as i was watching it so far i don't think k2so would really match this tone and the vibe that that 
the storytellers have laid at in front of us episodes one through five so far. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw that in there. You're so I, I do remember, that. I do remember when that news came out, weirdly enough. Um, yeah, it came out the same weekend that we recorded my first appearance on the show. Oh, there you go. Because you we talked, we talked about it. One, I think it was your brother. Uh, I think it was Jacob was like, Oh, you must be really excited about, you know, because I mentioned Cassian's my favorite Star Wars character. That's mm-hmm. still true. And um, <laughs> I didn't know that, by the way. Or maybe I knew that and forgot that. that no, I, lo- I love Cassian. He's the he's incredible. I That's just, awesome. That's incredible. I, he, he, it's 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 a long story of how we got yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Say it another time. But um, I love his character. So when when I was on there, I remember saying that. And I think it was Jacob. And he said, well, you must be real excited about, you know, Cassian Andor series because it was already announced at the time and I was yeah. like oh yeah and then some I think Nolan or maybe you Caleb I don't remember somebody said um, oh yeah and, and K2SO and I was like oh I can't wait for K2SO and then we hit right. stop on the recording <laughs> and then the next day it was announced he's not coming back for the for the first season of Andor mm-hmm. and I was livid I mean oh, I mean it was a private, massive bummer <laughs> I mean privately I was I was upset you know I love uh, K2SO was this uh-huh. breath of fresh air and I never thought it could, you know, a droid could be better. And I don't, I'd venture to say a droid hasn't really been better since Ooh. then. Um, that may, that may be just be me, but either way. No, it hasn't. Um, uh, okay, cool. Sweet. So anyway, <laughs> um, you know, D- Dio was a huge letdown. I'm just going to say that in Rise of Skywalker. I don't even remember what that is. So go ahead. <laughs> He's a he's a freaking disc he's the cone. cone head. No, I remember what he is. I was oh, okay. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> oh, I could tell. <laughs> but anyway, you know, I, I remember that news very clearly. But I will agree with you that the fact that he's not here is actually good. It it is mm-hmm. good. It is a good thing. All right. Nice. Okay. Well, there's all of our big takeaways for Andor episodes one through four up to this point. Now, obviously, we're going to dive deep into episode five. I, I just ran through the episode as I usually do and I typed in the big plot points as I went through the episode linearly. So that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to walk through this breakdown. We'll pause whenever there's some big things that we feel the need to discuss and and we'll go from there. So Andor episode five. Again, the title was The Axe Forgets which we'll get to that line of dialogue here eventually in the notes, why the why this episode is titled that. Uh, Coruscant is where we open up. Surreal Karn is not handling life well at the moment as his mother prepares him some Cap'n Crunch with blue milk. Surreal's uh, mother is wanting him to find, quote-unquote, a prospect for the future and declares she needs to call Uncle Harlow for help regarding Surreal. So a couple things, a couple questions that I have there real quickly. The quote of a prospect for the future. Is Surreal, is Surreal's mom wanting him to settle down? Is this a, a female that that he's, that she's wanting him to find, or is this something that's entirely different? I get job vibes. Okay. 100%. That's what I get, like, too. I don't, okay. I don't. I mean, first like of all, something plans, something. Well, I gotcha. I gotcha. I mean, you, you starting to think, why would anybody call their uncle to have them set up with a, with a female? Unless you hey, are, hey, unless the uncle Harlow Sweet is a player, <laughs> you know, I, unless that starts playing, I don't, I don't know. But, um, I, when I think uncle though, I was, wa- I've been watching the Sopranos. I've never seen the Sopranos. Clearly DJ doesn't watch house of the dragon. Uh, yeah, I didn't even want to bring it up. <laughs> Probably for good reason. What I'm learning <laughs> right now, but yeah. I do like the Sopranos. I've been watching that, and there's some nephews, uncles. You know, I like mobster movies, so I think, well, maybe he's going to set him up with a job. Ooh, maybe he's a mafia guy. Probably not, but I mean, it'd be kind of neat, and I think it'd be pretty cool if that was the case. But I and think I, it's just, I think it's just a job. I'll okay. say his mom. I think you're so right. annoying. 
Oh yeah, super annoying. I she kept talking and talking. I'm like, no wonder this dude's in the empire. He's like, I gotta get out of here. Well, and I kind of felt. I know we're not supposed to feel bad for surreal, but like I kind of did in this. Oh no, I I think you're supposed to. I think you're supposed to see like, no wonder this dude got like joined the army basically, right? Like he's like, (laughs) I gotta get out. As far away as I can be. Absolutely. Yeah. And you like you see it when he opens the door and she slaps him. It's like, all right, this ain't a good relationship. Yeah. Well, my second question that I had from there is who is Uncle Harlow? We still don't know by the end of this episode. Are we ever going to figure out? Is he connected to this bigger overall story that they're setting up? Any ideas on Uncle Harlow so far? I He's saw one of, I mean, one of the podcasters I was listening to. Um they speculated that he uncle harlow is going to be part of the rebellion and surreal is going to like get to cassie in that way yeah join the rebellion and then try to get him i i don't know i don't put any weight to that um but i just i'm with you i'm like i don't know what this person is but yeah i was trying to theorize of, of how uncle harlow could connect to the bigger story the only thing is maybe I know this isn't right. This this is just an idea that popped in my brain, so I'm just going to throw it out there. Maybe it's Perrin. Like, that would be cool that it's connected to Mon Mothma's situation, and then that way he would get connected to this whole rebellion mm. idea or something. But Maybe. I don't think that's that's a thing well, at all. I, I think it's going to be a completely brand-new character than, that we haven't seen so far. Yeah, I think you're right on that. It's going to got to be a new character. I don't think he'd make the switch, though. Because he's... Surreal? He's, no, I, he wouldn't do that. Because he's just way too upset about the death of two very random people well that's what i mean like he sees why the empire like how useless and corrupt they are that's Mm -hmm. or or, well no but he but he literally went forward to try to to i don't know avenge these these guys deaths and i really think he he was very conscientious of that as a character Mm -hmm. and the whole idea of him switching, I just don't see it. I think he, because we ended the fifth episode, spoiler alert, with him looking at the hologram image of Cassian. I yeah, mean, that's that's what I mean. Like, he looked some, like he wanted to murder him. That's, that's what the vibe I'm saying. I got. That's what I'm yeah. saying. So he won't make the switch to the rebellion. I could see him, like you got. You also said maybe he goes that route to, to jo- I, I, yeah. jo- join the rebellion, right. but right. not join. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, I, I don't know. Well, too, cause like, what's he going to do? I, what I don't, I don't know why he would go back to the empire. If he's at his mom's house, you see what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. and she yeah. says, do you have any prospects for the future? He says, no, I feel like he would say, I'm going to try to get back in the army or whatever. Well, I mean, leading a group of 12 men into a planetary situation <laughs> where half of them end up dying. That doesn't look good on a resume. Not no. great. After no. you've been told to leave it not alone. to exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets, I mean, you're not going to get a job. So the only, your only option is working at uncle Harlow's butcher exactly. shop or whatever. That's I what know. I mean. So That's I don't, I don't know happen. what his play is, but okay. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're great. <laughs> I, I love this dissecting here that we got going on. All right. Number two here. Next up, we go to all Donnie. A uh, skein has taken Cassian's gear, a request made by Vel, which leads to an interesting conversation between the two characters of Skeen and Cassian. Skeen has two tattoos, a crate head and a by the hand tattoo. I don't know what the, the symbolism here with those two tattoos are. DJ, did you pick up on anything of those two tattoos other than they're pretty cool? I mean, I, I was more fixated on the chest tattoo with the yeah. uh, barcode looking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it I made me like, think like he was a prisoner or something. It looked you know, very uh, Nazi Germany to, to me. Yes, it, mm-hmm. very much so Holocausty, and and mm-hmm. 
I, I'm I'm okay if that's the like general feel of that guy's you know character. Um, yeah. But no, I didn't get anything from his his okay. tattoos. I did definitely didn't know there was a crate head. I missed that. So that's that, cool. That's what they called one of the tattoos, but it didn't really look like the, you know the crate dragon that we see on Tatooine. So I didn't I didn't really get that part. Didn't really get that. And did okay, you pull, is this not just for quick? Is this crate head? Is that actually how it's spelled? Or, yes, I okay. believe so. Because we've got two crates in Star Wars now. You know, oh, crate okay. the salt planet, crate the dragon. So right, 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 right. Just, yeah. Just making sure there's not. It was spelt like the like the okay. creature at least. Okay. That makes more sense. Why would you get a tattoo of salt? <laughs> but whatever. Hey, whatever. you never know. Skeen, this is where the quote of the, the the title of the episode comes into play. He says the axe forgets, but the tree remembers. Now, I, I do think this quote though connects to his story about his brother eventually that he tells to Cassian but we won't get to that part yet because you know that's later in the episode but I it kind of connects to the, that whole idea because his brother was a tree farmer and they came in there and they destroyed all of his trees cut him down with an axe I'm assuming so that's pretty cool uh, in this conversation it appears Skeen is trying to read what Cassian's purpose is and his loyalties also in this moment Skeen's kind of just giving Cassian an update on what kind of characters are in the camp like what traits each of those individuals have that they're with and then cassian basically just tells him that he's there to win and walk away which i mean that's the truth cassian's just telling him how he feels uh and of course later in the episode we we get even more truth from cassian eventually but any any thoughts from you guys regarding that conversation before we move forward skiing also brings up how they bunch they, they just built a bunch of cages i thought that was an important little uh tidbit of information because it's, it's yeah, pretty dark. It's pretty dark. When he's talking about the axe forgets, um, mm -hmm. he says they just threw him in cages, threw up a bunch of cages. And I was like, that's straight up like Holocaust, like yeah, to date. You know what I mean? Like crazy right. type stuff. Huh. Well, so, I mean, it is it is an evil empire, and and they it's no secret that the empire is loosely based on Hitler and, and the Nazis. 100%. I mean, it's sure. it's not it's very well known. I will say that as far as this tree thing goes, I'm reminded of Fangorn Forest in Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers. Uh, nice. <laughs> Gimli, Gimli walks in there with an axe, and Aragorn's like, "Gimli, lower your axe." And he just <laughs> and then he starts complimenting the trees, like they're really yeah. nice. I like the trees. I'm reminded <laughs> nice. of that. That's a silly thing. I realize that, but that's just what we're. Hey, I think the line's incredible. It is oh, a great yeah. line. It's it, a great it, line. It informs the feel of this arc for sure. Yeah, it just Absolutely. hits you. You're just like, oof. Yeah. Yep. A, so right. a lot of the dialogue in this show <laughs> yeah. has hit me. It's been fantastic. All right, next up, Coruscant. Mon Mothma and Perrin have a daughter named Lita. Lita also isn't a fan of Mon Mothma's priorities as a senator, it appears, taking after her father, very much so in that sense. Uh, Mon Mothma doesn't have any support from the home regarding what she is trying to accomplish. That was kind of the update regarding the fam family vibes of Mon and Perrin and, of course, their daughter. Now, this, of course, gives us as an opportunity to just as a whole talk about this family situation that we've seen episodes one through five. Obviously, Perrin has got to be the worst husband that we've ever seen portrayed in a galaxy far, far away. That's my Darth biggest Vader. takeaway. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. True. Hey, at okay. least Darth I Vader, like, <laughs> I you know, loved his kids, I guess. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's his redeeming quality. <laughs> what are y'all's thoughts on uh, Perrin and, and Lita and everything going on at the Mothma household, DJ? <laughs> to say that he should fall in the lava pits of Musafar <laughs> is an understatement. Um, as far as far as terrible TV dads go, he's right up there with the worst. And 
I, I mean, he, he just, I don't know what else to say. If he, if he was killed off, I'd be, I'd be okay with it. He's I'd a be tool. cheering. And you know what? <laughs> I'm going to say this Mon Mothma. All right. They get in the car. They're driving off. They're going wherever they're going in this last mm. episode. I don't know where they're going and they may have said it. I don't remember. Whatever. She is dressed to the nines. Mm-hmm. That is the best outfit look Mon Mothma's ever had in Star Wars. And homeboy doesn't even compliment her. <laughs> I bet he didn't hold the door open for her when she got in the car, too. So I bet does, he does she have the money or does he have the money? I mean, mm. she clearly brings in the money. I get yeah. the vibes. She got the money. Yeah. And he's, he's just. A, he's straight up a trophy husband. God, and I, I he's can't a scumbag, dude. No, I, 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 and he doesn't I, even do I, anything. And that, and that, I that hate, you know. I hate you know to see you're a Lita being. I hate to see have... Lita being influenced by that. Exactly. Yeah. That makes it. That makes him worse. That immediately makes me turn to him and go, "This is your fault." Yep. Because you know he's yep. just chirping in the rafters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope somebody punches. Hate him. that guy. I hope Mom Mothma punches him. Punch. Like, you punch know what? Leave. You know what? Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna go hang out I'm, with Bale now. I'm going but... to the Rebels, baby. I'll yeah. That. <laughs> that could happen. Like legit could happen. By the way. Yeah, I could Let's, see her just being like, man, you know what? What's his name again? I don't even want to remember his name. I dislike him so much. I don't know. Maybe that's a good thing. We're supposed to hate this guy, clearly. Perrin? <laughs> yeah, the actor's great. Perrin. I don't know anything Perrin. about the actor. Perrin, yeah. Let's make Perrin a pinata and have a party. Yeah, Perrin, or the actor's great because I he's got a very punchable face. You know? <laughs> would, there you go. I would agree with that. There you go. Well, we do end up seeing them later in the episode, so we'll get one more update regarding their family dynamic. But we do then flash to all Donnie, where Cassian has some Dre milk from Nemec, where they have a discussion regarding tech that predates the Empire. Nemec shares his disliking for reliance on Imperial tech and feelings of losing freedom due to the Empire. Nemec views Cassian as his ideal reader for a manifesto that he has created. So obviously, Nemec is 1,000% committed to the rebellion cause he has no love for the empire what were y'all's takeaways from this scene i loved it personally because it was just another look at just this this average person in the galaxy their viewpoint on the empire and basically everything that's going on i saw Um, on facebook that he sniffs his drink every time he uh takes a drink like when of he's the off, Dre milk, like every no, every beverage he's had a drink of in this show, he does this right here <laughs> every time. And I, I thought, OK, so maybe he's been poisoned before. Um, that's that was my first thought, honestly. Um, other that's than that, analysis, what, it came from a GIF or GIF, <laughs> depending on your pronunciation in a Facebook group. So there you go. Um, but no, I, I got nothing else on that. Okay. I, I, thought, I yeah. thought so. I'm going to get deep on this. Um, Do it. This showed me number one, he's dead. He's gonna die. This yeah. dude's gonna die. <laughs> like first dead. Yeah. Number two, it shows me how this is the first time ever in Star Wars where I've thought about the rebellion as a negative. And what Ooh. I mean by that is like he's talking about a manifesto and he's talking about, you know, these schemes and this mind share, and you're the reader for me. Like that is all like could be bad stuff. You know what I mean? Like, and that's that I was like, okay, we're getting into like culty, like level, like bring it back. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you can be for the rebellion, but we have to remember why we're doing this. We don't just hate the empire. Right. Um, And so it just made me think of like, all right, he's getting into like the, you know, mind brainwash level here. Um, 
So I thought that was interesting because I've never seen it. It's always been Empire bad, Rebellion good. And that's even what they're kind of doing here. But when he said Manifesto, I was like, all right, what are we doing here? Um, so am I, I am I missing something on the word Manifesto? Because I thought a Manifesto was just a glorified list of things. It's basically like a, you no, know, well, it is that, but it, it's a it's a way to convey your thoughts and try to get the reader to be behind you. I believe that's what a manifesto is. According okay. to the Oxford Dictionary, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Drop a it. manifesto is a public declaration of policy and aims, especially one issued before an election by a political party or candidate. There you go. I yep. subscribe so, to the so, cult theory. So we were both right. <laughs> we were both right. Yeah. I'm going to subscribe to the cult thing, though. That makes sense. It's a little culty. You see what I mean? Like, he's getting yeah. into the extremist, like, all right, all right, like, whoa, <laughs> we're good. Yeah. We're good. You know, okay, I'm not I, have drinking to admit, that I didn't interpret it that way at all. I thought it was like I do now. I guess I guess <laughs> I didn't just I didn't like dive into the meaning of manifesto. I just thought he had a list of all of these ideas, kind of like DJ mentioned it first. Yeah. Well, the manifesto of, like, this that rebellion goes to my cause. mind is like I, there's like the the Soviet Union. Like man, if like like um wow like um what's his name? Dang it, the dude who Stalin? started yeah well before Stalin that guy, like Karl Marx manifesto Karl Marx, type yeah, yeah. like I man, that's I where my mind that. went. I was like, ooh, Ooh. all right, all right, I, calm I down, mean, man. <laughs> that's okay. Now I'm thinking World War Two, Hitler's Mein Kampf. Man. That's well. No, that's a manifesto. I, I didn't yeah. realize that though. I'm learning this right now. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. That's okay. I, I get where you're at, but man, that's. And he's like a young kid, and it's like they're molding the young kids. And I was like, that's a little wrong. Mm. But it's probably a good. You. It's probably a good thing. This guy's probably gonna die. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm like this dude's gonna start like you know killing families mm. just or for the rebels. He'll run off. Okay. With, he'll run off with Saw Gerrera, and he'll die off with Saw Gerrera. No, I think he's getting blown away. I think that's what's wow, happening to him. Man. Yeah. I yeah. would hate to see because he's such a sweet guy. I don't that's why see- he's getting murked, man. First guy, <laughs> bam, dead. Well, okay. That's so great. that's, that's something that Tony Gilroy has said in a quote that, like, basically don't get attached to any of these characters. Oh, the, we, I, we definitely have a hit list. On dude, this no, show. Most of them are dying. Yeah. Two of these characters are making it out, the rest gone. Dead. Yeah, I kind of agree. Mon Mothma, Cassian Andor. That's it. Well, I just meant like the little group, but yeah, you're probably right. Like they're well, all you got, Yeah, Luthen's going to die, and this whole crew is going to die. The little turncoat guy, dead. Um, yes, the yeah. Uh, the officer. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, young kid, dead. Skeen, dead. Maybe yeah. not. Andor may like save him. You know, I don't <laughs> want Vel to die because I kind of like her character. She'll survive. I think she'll survive. But also, can I get a hold of one of these ponchos? Oh yeah, dope. Oh, they look great. Don't they? they Andor Poncho, oh, dope. Andor Poncho, coming to Disney uh, parks. <laughs> hey, hey, you joke? Don't put it past them. It's it's coming. <laughs> I'll buy it. I don't care. I'll wear it yeah. in the swamps of Florida. I, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, All I just right, wanted well, to dig into the manifesto because I was like, oh golly. And he's talking about how sure. it's like star path versus mind path. Mm. Fascinating. Man, that is a deep dive. I'm just. I'm, I, I was laughing there for a minute. Anymore. I was laughing there for a minute as y'all were going back and forward with that. It's just wild to me that we're dissecting and diving into dialogue to that level in a Star Wars show. Well, that's that just what I means mean. that we've got incredible storytelling. So going. good, man. That's why I say I hang yeah. on every word because it's just whoa, so believable. Go ahead. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're still on Aldani. Cassian is questioned. 
how to get the freighter out of out from the Imperial base. And it seems like the crew really needs him for this mission to go right, because basically they have no clue how to get this part of the mission done. It seems like Cassian then demands he flies it after it appears the others are clueless regarding this part of the mission. Uh, I loved this just because. Diego Luna was fantastic in this scene as far as him demanding, yeah, I'm going to be flying this thing. Clearly, that's not the case. Then y'all can just continue on without me. Absolutely love this scene. Any takeaways from you guys regarding this scene? Good acting for sure. Yeah, real good acting. It was almost funny. I'm like, well, did you guys think about everything? Like, come on now. (laughs) Um, I thought it was good. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, continuing on in Aldani. The crew has a model created to run through the plan as Cassian is beginning to practice how to look like an Imperial soldier led by Terramin. Cassian points out that they are marching incorrectly based on which hand they shoot with. Again, another fantastic scene by Diego Luna. And then also while practicing, an Imperial TIE fighter pulls a Pete Maverick Mitchell, comes flying through the valley as super close as it possibly can uh, as the crew rushes to cover everything. The sound of a TIE fighter is top tier noise in Star Wars, in the Star Wars franchise. Like it's almost as good as the ignition of a lightsaber and the clashing of lightsabers. I absolutely loved hearing the TIE fighter that closely. What did y'all think of this, this moment? Zach? Okay. Um, incredible uh, throughout. Like uh, what the them walking and marching around and he's like, look, uh, you're left handed, uh, you're right handed, but you shoot with or you're left handed, but you shoot with your right. Like mm. it just proves to you that Andor's there for a reason. Like that's why he ain't just another guy. Yeah. Like, he ain't just another no namer doing this job. And that's why that makes Skarsgård's character even cooler because like he knew this dude's legit. And when he's telling him, like, no, you need to be on this side and you do this. And like, I know how to freaking walk like a. it was so good. So good. I think it, get, it lends to how we know that he'll become a, a captain. Exactly. We get to Rogue One for sure. Like you see this dude is he needs to be up like he needs to be leading people. Not, yes. not, not in the, the other way around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's yeah, he's. He's learning how to lead from the back instead of the front or the middle right now. I mean, he's in the back. And it's good. Good leaders know how to lead from the, the front, the middle, and the back. Well, it's just like basketball. Like, good good players know how to score without kidding yeah, the ball. absolutely. Like, and um, those assists matter at the end of the day. And right now, Cassian's on his way to one of the best assist records in all of Star Wars, I guess, maybe. <laughs> there you go. Um, he gets the assist for blowing up the Death Star. I will say this, though, back to Caleb's thing about the TIE Fighter. Do mm-hmm. y'all know what the TIE fighter sound is based on. I feel like I've heard this before, but I'm not remembering it off the top of the dome. It's an elephant shriek. I believe that hundred percent. It's an, if you listen to an elephant, like I'm not going to do it, but if you listen to an (laughs) elephant shriek, it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's, that's what it is. So if you can, it's a horrible sound. Yeah. It's, it's a horrible, horrible sound, but when you place it behind a spaceship, like, Oh, you know, especially so. one that's looming overhead and gets really close to you. It's yeah. scary. Yes. Yes. But it is, hey, it is primarily I, based on an elephant. So, yeah. I like the, the use of that word. scary. I was legit scared for the, it was scary when that I'm, thing came flying in. I oh, made the I, mistake I, of ahead. getting on Twitter. I made the mistake of getting on Twitter before I watched the episode. Cause I didn't think mm. about it. And so I'm scrolling and then it was like, I'm terrified of tie fighters. And I was like, Oh dang it. I just ruined that for me. So when I saw them in the Valley and it was kind of like, Ooh, here comes a tie fighter. But then it freaking played jaws. 
Like it reminded me of the dragon oh, in Reign of Fire. Mm. I don't know if y'all have seen Reign of Fire with mm-hmm. Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey. Solid post-apocalyptic movie about how dragons take over the world. There's that for you. But anyway, and it takes place in this century. So that's pretty cool too. But anyway, all that to say, it reminded me of the dragon playing like cat and mouse in that movie. Yeah. And and that's what this TIE fighter was doing. It's like, oh, we know you're here. We, we got our eye I thought they here. were going to start shooting. I was like, oh, I there ain't going to be no mission. Like, well, they're, they're they're getting done. blown up. Yeah. Like, they're getting taken out. I thought that's what was about to happen because he was yeah. coming down like, like, well, and then I had down. to, I had to remind myself, you know, there's still these, and I think an Imperial officer calls them Donnie's, Donnie yes. civilians that are traveling to this location to witness the eye of all Donnie here soon. So, Surely the these Imperial TIE fighters wouldn't just open fire on just well, what I was afraid of. They said, like, oh, hide the guns. Sure. I thought maybe, maybe they, they saw something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, like this ain't yeah. good. <laughs> but and yeah, yeah I yeah. also love to. And I know I'm jumping ahead here in the notes just slightly. I loved the directorial decision. That same TIE fighter was our transition to the next scene with Lieutenant Gorn at the base that is then flying over that water. And it has that, you know, the water splash onto the camera lens. Gosh, I love that so much. That was movie quality. And I was I was pumped just from that one small, subtle directorial decision. Anyway, I got too excited for that part. Oh, no, <laughs> Editing. I loved it. Editing ought to get you excited every now and then. And that's yeah, that's a should. good example of it for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, continuing in the episode, we get a look at Ferrix for the first time since episode three. Mm-hmm. Uh, ISB officer Blevin is on location and instructs Captain Tigo to get up and running on Ferrix before his next staff meeting, which, by the way, make Captain Tigo Game of Thrones number four actor in this that. series. I'm absolutely loving the Game of Thrones connections here. Uh, but basically, Blevin instructs Tigo to make sure that you're up and running for the next staff meeting and that the headquarters are going to be in that local hotel that they're they've got set up, which just gets me excited because I'm assuming that means we're going to get I'm blanking on her character's name, but the female character from episodes one through three, I'm assuming we're going to get her later in the show since they're setting up a plot to continue. That, that was going to be my question here is what are we doing on Ferrix? Like, why do I care anymore? Right. You yeah. know, like I want to know what I what mean, they're doing. What was what was Homegirl's name from the first three episodes? Cassie's no clue. No clue. That's another thing about the show that's hard is that There's I don't so know. I don't know all the characters' names. Well, they don't like yeah. say they like say them once and then that's it. Well, I mean, it's good for you. You have to immerse yourself in the world. You know, when you think about it, it's like when you say Han over and Bix. over and over again. Oh yeah, Bix, Bix you're right. Bix. Yeah. Okay, so when Bix, you know, she's her, she's uh, that actress. She flat out said, "Oh yeah, I'm not done. I'll be back." You just watch, keep watching. I'm coming back. So I believe that. I believe she's going to come back into this story at some point, uh, whether it's this season yeah. or the next. But well, I figured they would because his like mom or whatever is still there, right? Yeah. Yes, he's got to go back for his mom oh. at some point. No, and no the droid. Good, no good son leaves his good mom behind. That's right. unless unless Facts. you're Karn and <laughs> Karn's mom kind of sucks. So we I was going to say, <laughs> and I was just glad to see Ferrix again personally because I do know you know, dissecting the trailers like we do here in Mando Talk. I know we're going back to Ferrix at some point, so mm-hmm. I'm glad that they're yeah. pl- like they're just sprinkling that in in this episode to remind us, oh, don't worry, we, we are still going back. To and it's going to be an issue when Andor yeah. has to go back if the Empire is getting heavy onto Ferrix. Like, not, not, not good, you know. It's going to be, oh, it's leading up to something good. Leading up to something good. That might be the final 
Could it be the final block of this season of him going watch, back to Ferrix? Maybe that's the final three episodes. Oh man, could be. be. It'd be good. I mean, because be, then his mom telling. dies and it's all sad. And dude, don't mm. even do that to me because like <laughs> it's even even Darth Vader went back for his mama. I mean, yeah, yeah, she did. So there you go. <laughs> now I'm sad. Move on. <laughs> okay. Well, we go back to Aldani, and of course, this is that scene that I was talking about earlier, with the Tie Fighter then flies in, and and we are led to assume that that's the same Tie Fighter that just bypass the uh crew in the valley lieutenant gorn very convincing as this imperial officer it seems that and this is just me reading some dialogue here this isn't a direct quote so i may have interpreted this incorrectly help me out if i did it says it in my notes i've got it seems the empire is considering tearing their base down and moving the air base there in a big project since there aren't many donnies to worry about anymore so are they thinking of moving a big project in or are they just scrapping everything on Aldani and moving a big project to somewhere else? I, I, I wasn't 100% sure about how to interpret that dialogue. I interpreted it as tear it down and build a new headquarters. That's At that location. Too. That's how I interpreted it, yeah. That's what I got. Because okay. there's nobody really left, we can just build a big one. Okay. Yeah, and there, and nothing sacred to the Empire. So they don't care about the, the memorial or the monument there, the altar, whatever you want to call it um that the donnie people are going to by the way my first name is actually donnie so it's kind of cool that my name is now star wars canon there twice <laughs> I, i'm there now donnie and dj gotta get foster in there somewhere but anyway um all that to say i i think that they, they they're nothing sacred they don't care i mean palpatine made the jedi temple his personal imperial palace after the mm -hmm. after order 66 what a power place. move by the way love absolutely that move. love that well, move. i mean it's the jedi's own fault they they built their um the the temple on top of a sith temple so that's on them yeah. but um what goes around comes around yeah. absolutely that's some that's some <laughs> legitimate you know story written karma right there for sure <laughs> But uh, anyway, all that to say, nothing sacred. And I interpreted that, that they're going to build something okay. there. Same. Okay, that, that's what I was thinking, but I wasn't 100% sure. But I, I loved, again, love the dialogue. And this scene on a second and third watch hits different when later in the episode, Vel explains to Cassian this dude's reason for what he's doing or why he's doing the things that he's doing. So, But continuing on in the episode here, we go to Coruscant. Dedra, love this character, by the way. Dedra is fixated on the Starpath unit as her wingman believes she is onto something. A great quote here from the wingman. I don't know what his name is, but he says, it's too random to be random. I love that. Dedra then downs some medicine as the two prepare to look at two more files to begin to connect the dots. Dedra's onto something. And again, not a lot of stuff with Dedra in this episode, but a subtle reminder of she's about to make some big plays and some big moves. So I love this moment. DJ, how did you interpret this scene? I immediately thought of Star Wars Rebels. Mm. Um, as soon as, you know, we as soon as they in introduced the ISB, I immediately thought of um, what's his name from from Rebels, whose name I'm suddenly forgetting. Um, oh, man, I can't remember his name um callus agent callus oh okay he, yeah he's yeah. isb well and, see anytime i hear isb i think of moff gideon now well i mean yeah and, and that's great you know because moff gideon may be i mean he's younger but he may be somebody we could potentially run into in andor mm -hmm. um but the reason i think of rebels is this part of the star wars canon takes place a year before rebels begins so with this randomness that they're finding 
the, it's pockets of rebellion. And mm-hmm. Ezra Bridger is 13, 14, hanging out on uh, Lothal right now. And what when he's he's doing his thing, what's Kanan? Kanan's coming to Hera, you know, and they're going to get a hold of Sabine and Zeb and Chopper. And they're doing their thing right now out there yeah. in Star Wars. And, you know, we're a year away from that happening. So I'm actually thinking about what's going to happen in the future. I'm not yeah. really in the moment in this in this moment, which I actually appreciate being taken out of the story here because we're getting to see at least one person seeing that something's coming. And then sure. it, and then by the, yeah. t- by the time the Empire actually gets a whiff of it, it's basically too late. Mm-hmm. until and that is until thrawn shows up in rebels but you know all that to say that there's this incredible thing we're marching forward slowly man it's a, it's a slow burn so that's where my mind went i like that that may, that may be deep but that's just where i'm at no I, I like the idea of dedra like potentially figuring all of this out and nobody will listen to exactly her. exactly i yeah. love that like, i would love that character moment for her and and also just the galaxy building aspect of all of that zach what did you think of this this moment that's exactly what i'm thinking she's gonna well we've already seen it she's gonna she's figuring it out and they're like yeah Shh. like don't care Go don't on. care mm-hmm. don't care yeah. so she's she's connecting the dots like big time like he says it's too random to be random and that's exactly what's happening Mm -hmm. um and i think i don't know what her storyline is going to be but i don't think it's going to end well number one um and also like you said it's it's fun if you did watch bad batch bando talk you know i'm obsessed with learning about what the empire's doing Mm -hmm. because we all we ever get is rebel stuff um and i want to know what the empire's doing and how these people are feeling and um, I love getting these little snippets of it's weird to think about it like this, but these people are just kind of doing their jobs, right? They're just kind of yeah. detectives or cops. He even says like, yeah, I know this doesn't come with more pay. Right. But I want the title. Um, so it's mm-hmm. it's weird to think about the empire as just a job. Um, but seeing her kind of connect the dots, it kind of gives me an eerie feeling. I'm like, Oh, I don't want you to know, you know, yeah. I mean, I know how this goes, but I, I, it's like, don't, you're you're so close to the fire. Like I don't want you to see it. Yeah, that's a good um, point. Maybe your fatherhood talking. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. I'm like, just don't do this, man. It's not gonna go well. I'm telling you. Um, I could see her but, defecting when it's all said and done. Though, you know, because, I almost said that, but I thought y'all yeah. would go. No, well, I, I could you, see it. You kind of convinced me though, because up to up to this this previous episode, I really wasn't sure if if she would or could. And mm. hearing you kind of say, and then me, of course, throwing out the idea of no one listening to her and yeah. you basically affirming that it's kind of like, well, if no one listens to you, I mean, like I said, it's already happened. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, she, she literally says, what am I doing here? She's like, I, this is, yep. you know, I mean, apparently her- she's good at whatever she was doing before. So we know she's a good, yeah. Portuguese thinks very highly of her. Yeah. yeah so we know does. she's legit. Um, Maybe she turns. I don't. I don't know. Fascinating. I'd, I'd like it if she w- did, but she would have to die. That's the only problem. Oh, I mean, be- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be, I think. She's not, not in Rogue One. She's not in Rebels. <clears throat> I mean, she's. Well, well and, and again, that could be another character moment where the Empire just never gives her that opportunity to get to those levels. So she could still survive. Or and they just never give her a like, seat in those big, big film scene moments. You know, you think about it like the big short where the movie where they like figured out the bu- housing bubble before it yeah. happened. Right. Yeah. Same Great idea. Movie. Great, Great movie. movie. But, um, you know, same idea here where she's figuring it out. She's like, 
This right. is not random. 100%. No, no one's, we're the empire, baby. Well, not, who cares? And you we've know? never seen a single one of those ISB officers. And I don't think every single one of those ISB officers are going to die. I no. think they're just well, they're characters that, that are in the background. We're just having an opportunity to see them. But so I don't it, think it's necessarily my, my written in stone that Dedra dies. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if she defects, you okay. know, if, she, if she doesn't defect, there could be a moment where she's like, well, I'm out of here. And they're like, no, you're not, you know, or whatever. Make I think either way she's dead. She, Man, okay. Her, okay. her story does end in a dead end. It just, yeah. it has Man. To, at this okay. point. I'm, at this I'm, point, I'm convinced. Change, okay. You know? Yeah, I'm just convinced to, this just, show is going to have a lot of death. Yeah, just like to convinced. add another layer here, though, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with what y'all are saying, but just bringing sure. another perspective. This show is challenging us in thinking outside the box regarding the size of this galaxy. It is entirely possible. I know this isn't going to happen. It's entirely possible for these characters to all live. They're just small sure. characters that are never brought into the Skywalker saga. It's like one. Sure. 1000% possible that that's the case. That's, but that's I do true. agree with you guys that it's I possible to, that's more likely that all these characters die. I have yeah. to remember that too because I forget that not everybody is relevant to the Skywalker saga. Mm -hmm. So you saying that actually keeps my thoughts in check on that cuz every time I think oh they have to die it's because it doesn't work with the rest of the story but right. they don't you're right they don't have to. You're you're yeah, absolutely and, right. And I'm coming from the perspective of I'm not even thinking about the Skywalker saga. I'm just yeah. thinking about what a a, you know, dictatorship like the Empire would think of someone like this. Like, mm. how dare you think, you know, <laughs> this could happen to us? So right. that's kind of where I sit on it. I, I don't know. Very interesting, right. though. Uh, hey, I like that discussion us three just had. We really did some dissecting there. Okay, clip, clip that. Put that hey, on TikKok. Well, we, we're kind of we talking about to. more than just this episode, right? Like this is th yeah, that's the season it's a branch, yeah. arc of her. Yeah, um, gosh, I love Dedra, and I think that conversation just brings to light why I'm enjoying that character so much. Okay, oh, yeah. all Donnie. The crew is enjoying one more night at the camp around a fire. They toast to the rebellion and. That, which was cool, of course, as they watched the model they created burn. Now, for me personally, I took that as some foreshadowing moments there. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. The model getting burnt to a torch. I have a feeling that the because I'm assuming it's happening in next episode. And guess who built it? Episode arcs. They said the kid built it. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> I told you, man. Oh. He's getting killed first or last. First or last. That's him. You ain't first, you're last. <laughs> well, the sun ends up rising. The crew marches out. They're they're off on this mission. But yeah, definitely foreshadowing going on. Again, a very quiet, subtle scene. Mm. But again, slowly building this incredible tension that they're just knocking it out of the park with in this Feel series. It. All right. On to Coruscant. Cyril's mother is talking to Cyril about Uncle Harlow, not believing police work was for him. Cyril is clearly annoyed about being there. We've already addressed the question of who is Uncle Harlow. We've already kind of addressed this family dynamic going on, too. Uh, so is there anything else y'all want to mention about this scene? His mom still sucks regardless, but I mean, <laughs> just, that's it. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. On to the next. Aldani. Vel continues to question Cassian regarding his knowledge of the mission as they're, you know, on their hike. Cassian asks why Gorn is getting involved with a mission like this. And this is where we get the background of why Lieutenant Gorn is willing to do the things that he's willing to do. Quote, he fell in love with a local woman and lost a promotion. Then he lost the woman. Then he lost his taste for the Empire. And this is a fantastic line. 
everyone has their own rebellion. That is <laughs> like the thesis of this series so far. I absolutely love that. DJ, thoughts on this bit of dialogue from Bell? Okay, buckle up. Oh, oh, we're diving deep again. Let's go. Yeah, I think so, because this is one of those things where everybody, everybody has their own version of a rebellion. And I think that is also true in real life. That's a different topic for a different day. But in Star Wars, let's think about this. Saw Gerrera, he rebels initially because the, the Confederate, you know, systems, um, the separatists have taken over his homeworld and they kill his sister. Then Order 66 happens. He begins to rebel against the Empire right out the gate. So for him, it all traces back to his sister dying. Luke, you know, why does he um, rebel? Obi-Wan dies. Why does Leia rebel? Other than the fact she was born into it, she realizes the evil. Han rebels essentially just because he doesn't want to admit that he cares. More money people. in it. Yeah, there's more money, but ultimately <laughs> he, does, he cares yeah. about people. Um, you know, you look at all these characters, they all have their reasons for rebelling. And you see that in Andor as well. What that's going to lead to is <clears throat> a unifying of the official rebellion. Mon Mothma is going to have that in this show. She is going to have a reason to rebel. And it's going to be first, unfortunately, against her own family. And as much as her husband sucks and as terrible of a daughter as she has at currently, and as she, she needs to be, never mind, but she needs to just go away. Okay, let's go. She's be grounded for a long time. I'll leave it at that. But, <laughs> um, you know, and when, when you're going to see Mon Mothma have her own rebellion personally, she's already having it privately. It's going to become very, very public later on in Rebels, as we know. But this is going to speak to these characters and how it leads to Saw Gerrera coming into the mix. We know he's coming. They've already probably... name dropped him, right? They did. Yeah, yeah they the, did. In the fourth episode, I think. Awesome. And In the and ship, the... yeah. Oh, yeah. That Well, the kid, you know, when he, the guy sneaks up behind him with the knife. Oh, yeah, like, you're right. Yeah, you know, so two, so... two, two mentions or subtleties, at least. Yes. So in, in, at any rate, though, everybody's got their own reason for rebellion. If you look at Solo, a Star Wars story, uh, Infus Nest, she rebels because this village that she's with, all their tongues were cut out by the Empire, or, or not by the Empire, by Dryden Voss and um, um, what's, crud, uh, I can't remember the name of, of that, um, Crimson Dawn, okay? So you've got all that thing. So everybody's got the reason for rebellion. So we're seeing all of the, it's being knitted together into the the biggest quilt if you will you know that that's ever been sewn and it's all these threads coming together in a very strange and interesting way and and i think that you know that that's one of the reasons why we're, we're seeing you know th these things happen especially this one one little line you know like zach said earlier hanging on to every word Th these are words you have to hang on to because the thread of how that exists with other characters and other stories across literally all of star Wars, that line exists across all of star Wars. It, it's incredible. You can trace it to Qui-Gon. You can trace it to Ray. You can look at all of it and it's right there. So anyway, that. That, that's my deep dive. Thank you Zach. for coming to my Ted talk. <laughs> my, uh, my deep dive is like, love always gets you in trouble. That's my deep Ooh. dive. Um, Good I say it all the time. You watch a TV show, dude falls in love. Bad, goes bad after that yeah. every time every time you look at life you fall in love no i'm just playing <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh like seriously though like it's good the heart gets in the way 
And that leads us to the rebellion thing where like you're talking about all these people getting their family members or whoever get killed. Hey, your heart's leading you. You're, you're, you know, even though it's sick and dark, it's, it's empire can't go around killing people, man. That's how a rebellion gets started. Yep. You're going to treat your people right. That's what it tells me. <laughs> hey. I thought it was fascinating though. Uh, yeah, this absolutely. whole conversation. Um, and I, I also wondered myself, like, can we trust this guy? Like, He's a turncoat. All like, Gold, why is he yeah. doing this? Um, and I'm glad that they told us. Absolutely. Trust him as far as you can throw him. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, the next scene is focused on Gorn yet again. Uh, he informs some officers of painting work needing to be done since the Coruscant engineer will be arriving soon. Doing this painting job would prevent the officers from seeing the eye of Aldani. The only positive thing about being assigned to Aldani, says these Imperial officers, basically. Gorn acknowledges this, uh, the officer's concern, and adjusts to allow them to see the eye. So Gorn, again, just playing this Imperial role perfectly. I, I would assume there's no... Currently, there's no, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Connections that these Imperial officers are making to Gorn being a part of a rebellion or something like that. He just seems to be playing the part. So really enjoyed this. But I also, I loved this set. I loved getting to see inside the inside the walls of this rebel base. Love that moment with Gorn. And I like how he walked away with kind of a smirk. I don't oh, know yeah. if y'all picked up on that and noticed oh, that. Yeah. And I don't really get the meaning behind that personally. I'll tell you why. Okay, oh, tell me. Go ahead, Zach. Oh, well, it's because he's played them 100%. When okay. he walked in there, he knew what he was trying to do. He was trying to get them to want to have a skeleton crew. So he played the game of, all right, well, everybody's got to be working hard. You ain't been doing what I've been telling you. And yeah. then they say, oh, well, we want to go to the blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, that's fine. Your choice. Did they use the phrase skeleton crew? No, I don't, I don't think so. Okay, no, I was about I to think, say if they did, I'm excited because you know that's a title of a show we got. No, no, what it, what, is, yeah. what they it say is. is like you know least amount possible or something like that. Sure, um, I got you. But no, yeah, he smiled because he was like, gotcha. Because after okay. that, you see the like gold or with credits or whatever. Um, right, right. So that's why. But so okay. I, I need to make. I don't know. Have y'all read any of the High Republic stuff? Nah. Nope. Okay, I've read one and a half. I've read one and a little bit of the second uh, novel, okay. but yeah. I need to very quickly, uh, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on it because you know it's not overly relevant. But the eye of the Nihil, in or if I'm even saying that right, in the High Republic, is the seat of power for you know the Nihil in, that are the main villains in the High Republic, the first novel at least, and the second novel too. And I, I just, you know, the idea of this star path unit being a big thing too, the hyperspace is still something being discovered at the time of the High Republic, and which is just a few hundred years before Phantom Menace. So, you know, I'm curious if this eye thing and their obsession with a uh, star path unit has anything to do with high republic canon and I, i'm sure the high republic um folks out there could help us you know come to a, a, a whatever on that but anyway i just keep thinking about that because i mean it's an it's i don't know how important it is to the overall canon at this point because i'm so behind probably yeah. will never catch up at this point um but it's all tough, that to say it's, it is, it's so it's so hard to keep up with all those and I, that's a different topic for another day i guess but all that to say i'm curious if this eye here on aldani has anything to do with the eye of the nahil in the high republic and hmm. if some if you're listening to this and you and you are watching this and you've you've read the high republic books please dm me on twitter they're open just let's talk or just about comment that. yeah comment yeah. down below for sure yeah 
100%. I would love to hear that information for sure. We need we need a high republic uh fact checker for us for the show. We do. Because we're struggling. Well, I don't know anything about high republic. <laughs> Nothing. No, I know they started like phase 2 of it or something. Yeah. Phase 2 just began, but phase 1 was like 400 books and comic books. So, you know, it's like <laughs> they want that cheddar cheese, that? boy. And they're getting it too. There's a lot <laughs> of diehards out there. Yeah, one there guy, is. okay, just real quick, at Star Wars Celebration, one guy uh, cosplayed as Geode, which is just a big rock. The, the rock, yeah, yeah. And like <laughs> he, he was it's on hilarious. the he was on the the stage, the main stage. It's like man. people go nuts for a rock. That's Star Wars, though. <laughs> hey, good for that them, man. I wish I loved things like that, you know, like to that degree. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. No, I All thought right. this was really cool seeing uh, Gorn like kind of go around the base and like yeah, do 100%. his thing. And you Good see checks. that he, he's legit. Like he's high up because everyone's yeah. like, oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I right. thought that was cool. He's playing Absolutely. the game. He's playing the game. Perfectly too, I might add. Now we'll see if that continues into next episode. He's, he's dead. Yeah, I, I think he is one that we can bank <laughs> on being dead. Okay. All Donnie, we're still on that location. Skeen takes the Sky Kyber from Cassian's neck. As guns are almost ready to be drawn, something approaches in the valley, an Imperial shuttle. Skeen ends up giving the Kyber back to Cassian. Cassian then takes this as an opportunity to just be straight up and reveal why, why he's there. Simply put, he's there to get paid. And the crew is not happy about this whatsoever, especially they're not happy with Vale for not sharing this information with them. But then they quickly get over it and they're just on to the mission. All right, let's continue. And I think Vale even says something like, uh, you can chew on it when, we, when you get there. Basically. I just want to throw something out there real yeah. quick on this. It's it just didn't vibe for me. Um, I I thought I thought they got over it too quickly. Like they made I, a big deal about that. it, and then they were just sure. like, okay, yeah, whatever. Let's yeah. keep going. Well, and um, I think what Cassian says though is what flips the switch because he's like, y'all can't lie. You're scared. This is the day before the mission. Y'all are trying to put you know your fear into something. That's true. You're trying, which to, is you're trying true. to put it on me, and I think he just calls him out. And they're able to be like, okay, wait a second. This dude's right. He's just so doing why, what's best for him. Why do y'all think uh, we're Skeen doing what's best for us? Why do you think Skeen wouldn't let it be? Why do you think he was still like, ah, oh, I gotcha. Ha ha ha. Why do you, I don't understand um, at that point. I don't, man, I don't well, know. and I think it's because what Skeen, Cassian but... said. I think where he, he was just so he was so well, freaked you know, out. He's freaking out and he's trying to put it somewhere. Well, he's when it comes Cassian, when it comes back to the end of the episode, I'm sure we'll get to this. He shares the story about his brother mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and, and it, it's one of those. Okay. I was here. You were here. You came here. Let me meet you there. Well, yeah. I, I get know? that. I just mean like, you know, he's checking through his stuff. He's chirping him. He's like, well, I wouldn't hey, trust tell, him either. Tell us I mean, your thing. And then and then we're walking to the mission and he's like, ah, ha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, I think he needed a moment. He needed a, an actual second to actually, you know, attack him more or less. Because, I mean, he, were, he got brought in three days before they're supposed to finish the job. I wouldn't trust him either. I completely get that part. I was talking about like the timing of the, the it just sure. it just didn't flow I, for me. I it ain't, it's yeah. a nitpick. To be honest, like it's a nitpick, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, um, I just was like, Dude, let it let it be, man. Let in a show, in a show that has been slow and telling its story, this was a moment I could see someone viewing it as, oh, they got over that pretty quick. On to the next thing. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, we got guns drawn. Okay, never mind, we're good. Let's go. Like 
okay, whatever. You see that all a right. lot. In, you see it a lot in movies, though. Westerns, gangster movies. That happens yeah. all the time. So it's yeah. a trope. It's for sure a trope. I think story-wise, though, it was written as whatever Cassian said to him. That's is, right. Is what's supposed to click, and that's why they got over it so quickly. I, I wish. I, I guess I wish it would have happened at the bait, like when they had their second or third interaction. Like I wish he would have. Yeah. Like, you know what? It is. <laughs> it's you know? weird that he decides to confront him. At this point, that's on the what way I mean. the mission, where it's been shared that Cassian is their ride out at this point. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, just we're going to the mission. Just stop. But Cassian's words was were gold. Like he, yeah. he, like you said, everything he said needed to be said. Look, I'm here. I'm just getting paid. Whatever. I thought it was great, but yeah, just absolutely. Weird. All right. Well, we go back to Coruscant. This is our last check in with the Mon and Perrin vibes here mon and moth mon mothman parent appear to be leaving an event where parent is left out on a charitable work mothma is now working on parent then orders chloris their driver to take the quote-unquote expressway and now suddenly i'm wanting to know all of the the route names of the coruscant airways i want to know i want to be able to watch attack of the clones and be like oh Anakin and Obi-Wan are heading down Broad Street or something yeah, like that. They're on the expressway. <laughs> That'd be so cool. But I, again, I wish maybe the show should. I know we're going to get it because we've seen it in the trailer. We've seen Mothma at these events where she's talking to people like we're going to get that eventually. Yeah. But they're alluding to this event that both Mon Mothma and Perrin were at. I wish I had seen it, though. I wish we had seen it because she's taken off the earrings like they're obviously yeah. getting ready to go back home. Uh, but it. We'll I, she had a great movie. line where she's like, I didn't know about it. She's like, yeah, because it was charitable. Figured you didn't care. Yeah. Like, Again, showing insight in their relationship. I Gosh, retweet, I hate parent. I retweeted yeah. something earlier today, and I'm going to go find it real quick and give credit to the individual. But they took uh, a picture of them in the in the, in the the car, or the car, the speeder. Excuse me. I saw this. Me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny that I, it cracked me up. It, it's a, a marriage story poster. It's Marriage Story starring Genevieve O'Reilly and um, Alistair McKenzie. And it's just them in the in the car, uh, the car, the backseat of the speeder, just mad. It's like, yeah, yeah. that's that's it's Marriage Story. And I, uh -huh. I like, Why did he say take the expressway? Was that he like was, a he just wants to get I just want to get home in a hurry? Yeah, he just that wants was to that get was home. supposed to mean. I think yeah. so. I will say that they're going to the club or something, you know, No, they're going home. He's like, I'm tired of all these goody goodies. I want to go hang out with Sly Moore and the Emperor. You know, that's what he wanted to do. But yeah. I actually, for a second, thought that when they got on the expressway, we would see the temple, the Jedi temple in the background. Ooh. They didn't give it to us. And that's OK, because I don't think we're done at Coruscant yet. I would love no. to see it before it's all said and done. I think if, we will. They, if they don't, that's OK. It's not a, it's not a Jedi story. And if they don't right. have it, that's fine. But again, what? it's one of those you got to tip the cap to the fans. Come on, come on. Just have it in the background. You know? It doesn't. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't need to be that sweeping shot we get in all three of the uh, prequel trilogy movies. But if it's there and it looks like it's the uh, where Palpatine's set up nowadays, totally okay. Yeah, but getting the senatorial right? floor is going to be enough. Like that's going to be pretty yeah. cool. And that man, think that that's the first time we've been there in live action since two thousand five. 
And we're yeah. going to see Palpatine Gosh. be Palpatine up in there. Hopefully, if not him, it's going to be one of his bureaucrats. Every time uh, I think, every time, every time I think about how long it's been since we've been at Coruscant, I keep coming back to we should have seen it in Rise of Skywalker somehow. You should have closed out the the Skywalker saga going back to Coruscant in some way. But again, that's a that's a let's, debate for. Let's not talk time. about that today. <laughs> <laughs> I have very strong feelings about. That. Yeah, we we'll save that. We'll shelf that. DJ, add that to the long list of podcast episode ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost track, man. I don't even know anymore. I, so every time we say that, the first thing that comes to mind is something about Mace Windu, how he's still alive. Mm. Every time, because yeah. we, we we've come we've you know, shadowed around that a few times. <laughs> That's true. Every <laughs> single new Star Wars series is an opportunity to bring Mace Windu back from the dead, or or Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Jar Jar is still out there, ain't he? Jar Jar is in every Star Wars project until he's not. That's how I operate. I mean, like the world, Fair like in, in the world. He's uh, out there, right? He, he, after everything took place with Order 66, he very quickly was like knocked down a few pedestals. And now he's just a street performer on that. Yeah. He did uh, but not he's still get alive. A, still and didn't alive. JJ want to show his bones in Force Awakens? Yeah, I'm very sad about that. I had a friend who ah. was a I have a friend who was at Galaxy's Edge this past week, and I asked uh-huh. him to see if they still had the Jar Jar Binks plush toys. They do. Oh man, they, yeah. And they're twenty three dollars. So I was like, mm-hmm. eh, never mind. I can go to Chick Fil A instead. Oh, you know? I thought that. <laughs> I, I thought that was cheap. I, it, dude. I thought. Oh I yeah, thought I bought two of them. Jar Jar and Ahsoka. I thought oh, it was nice. two, but like I, I was like, yeah, I'll wait till I'm there because I'm going in the in this coming summer. Like, I, have I, you ever I, been? No, I'm I'm very much looking forward to going. Oh my God, you're gonna you're gonna have you have been have you been Zach? Yes, I didn't know you'd been there. Okay. I'm going back in two months, man. What? I'll be, ba- I'll be back at Galaxy's Edge, man. Get the out last of week of November. I'm gonna be it's gonna be yeah. snowing on me. I man, that's cool. That's cool. I yeah. fully am prepared to shed actual tears. Oh, you will. Oh you yeah, hundred percent. And like I told, and I've told my wife that, and she's not a Star Wars nerd, and she's she will like, love it too. I'm telling you, I yeah, know she'll love it. Hundred yeah. percent. Like I, I went with you know in laws that don't love Star Wars. They said even then it, it was still their favorite part. Just it's just so immersive. It's yeah, my wild. wife was like, "This is incredible." She's like, "I'm not even really Star Wars, and it's incredible." I'm already tearing up. Yeah. You will love it. You will cry. You might pass out. Have you know someone to catch you. I won't 100%. pass out if I, I know when I come around the corner because I've I've seen people do the walkthrough on like yeah, YouTube yeah. and TikTok and like you come around the corner, that's when I'm gonna probably be like I don't know I'm either gonna cry or run you know it's yeah. just w- one or the other I don't know you which. see Kylo up there doing his thing you're like oh my yeah God. all right yeah. that's a whole other podcast too Galaxy is, <laughs> add that to the list actually <laughs> actually I did do a podcast over you did that. You I did, did a podcast yes. over that's a good podcast at Galaxy's Edge so. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I listened to that in spite of you. Well, I was going like the week after you posted that. And so yeah. I was like, oh, this is so sick. And it lived up to it, man. Oh, it's so good. It's fantastic. Although yeah. I do, in hindsight, I wish I hadn't. I know we're spending too much time. <laughs> I'm just like, anyway. <laughs> in hindsight, I shouldn't have mentioned the surprise in Rise of the Resistance for people that haven't experienced that yet as far as the the I ending of that ride. I think so, I skipped that part. Okay, good. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. Anyway, let's get back to Andor episode five. Okay. Aldani, the crew makes it to the base and prepares to get a fire signal up. Gorn sees this signal indicating that early positions are going as planned. Nothing really to add uh, to that scene. Next up, Coruscant. Cyril Karn looks at a holographic image of Cassian, still reflecting on his failed mission, but I did spot an Easter egg here. It looks like he has two 
clone trooper figures kind of blurry in the background behind this holographic image. Absolutely love that. It's either clone troopers or stormtroopers, but as far as timeline goes, it would make more sense for it to be clones, in my opinion. But love that. Obviously, Surreal is deeply, deeply impacted by his failed his failures with Cassian. And I'm still conflicted with what this guy's future is because it's also got to be weighing on his mind that Cassian basically had the opportunity to kill him, but he didn't. He ended up not killing him. So that's got to be conflicting to him, too. So I don't know what's going on with Surreal, but this is the last time that we see him. So any final thoughts on Surreal that uh, either of you want to share? Zach, anything that you want to add about I, I really, really like this character. I am fascinated yeah. by him. Um, he he might be the one of the most interesting characters yet to me. Um, He's fantastic. Because we don't even really know much about him. And I want to know, like, in the actor, like, the way... I don't know the way he portrays this like internal like confliction of of you know he wants to get in Cassian. He also, like you said, wants to do the right thing, like in uh, you know, taking the troops down there, but at the same time, he wants to rise up the ranks. Like it's this all yeah. this stuff. It's so fascinating Absolutely. and so real, you know. Yeah, I agree. DJ, final thoughts on surreal. Yeah. Um, I don't know if y'all seen the Batman story, the killing joke or not. <laughs> Um, I, I know about it. I've never seen it, though. The animated version that's out there, I actually own the Blu-ray because Mark Hamill did the voice work for the Joker in that one. And I just look, I had to have it. But um, the main like crux of that story is all it takes is one bad day. Yeah. And that's what <clears throat> sent Joker over the edge in that story is one bad day. And I think Karn's at that point. I think he is he has had that one bad day. And he's looking at this hologram of Cassian and he's like, I got to get this guy. You know, I he's agree. just, that's, if there's a Joker Batman story to be told in star Wars, weirdly mm. enough, it's here. Hey, and there you and, go. And, and I'm saying that now out loud for the first time. And, <laughs> and, but that's what I'm thinking of. It just, he's going to have this obsession. It's serial killer. Like, you know, it's, 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 you know, I'm thinking of Jeffrey Dahmer because that's on Netflix right now. You know, you, you think about these crazy people who do these crazy things. That's Karn, which is funny to say in light of TikTok. <laughs> but um, all that to say, Karn. I think it just takes one bad day. Yeah. I mean, he's and that look, that's a scary look. Like if he crosses Cassian in the yeah. street, he's killing. Oh, I will say going down this actor after this show is done and over with he's going to be getting phone calls and roles thrown at him hundred percent because he Think we're going to so, see yeah. he's going to become this catapulted new star wars actor no one ever heard of before and and now he's here and I mean, he's people, fantastic people may have heard of him before i certainly haven't and here he is i didn't he's, yeah he's wrecking shop and it's great yeah absolutely speaking. yeah to do to do that much acting with no dialogue and just to stare at what ultimately is nothing when you're filming the scene yeah, yeah. i mean good point great point well, yeah, like I, I got goosebumps I, thinking about that. Actually, it's it's just that cool. You're not the first to say that. I was talking about the other podcast I was listening to. He said the same thing. Like that's what's so beautiful about the show. They don't. Like, there's a lot of dialogue, but it's not just uh, exposition. Like he didn't say one word when he was looking at Cassian. Nope. And you you knew what was but going he said through his so much. Yes. In that. <laughs> and I love I, I love it when people or when directors let scenes marinate and like you said, make us not feel dumb, right? Make it feel like we're smart too. Like we can pick up on these things. And yeah. um, 
especially when it's subtle like that. Like that was a quick scene. It was like 10 seconds mm-hmm. of just Absolutely. him looking at the thing. And it's and one of those like, bullet points that we've spent substantial amount of time it, on compared to other. It's so points. heavy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's so good. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, continuing on, we go back to Aldani. Skeen shares with Cassian that his brother, who was a farmer, was killed by the Empire. Here's the quote. Imperial prefect came in, took his land, flooded it. He couldn't bear it. So he went a boat and filled his pockets with stones. I always hated the Empire. I don't really know what to call how I feel now. Again, incredible dialogue goes back to this idea of everyone has their own rebellion. Cassian asks what kind of farm, and Skeen responds with trees, pepper trees, centuries of them. That's as close to an apology as you're going to get. Cassian says it's close enough. So seemingly these two have made up. When they go into the mission in next week's episode, they'll have each other's backs. I think that was kind of the arc here that was displayed between Skeen and Cassian, and I love the the dialogue yet again here. I want to see pepper trees now. I'm just intrigued. I want to see what that farm looks like. Uh, anyway, thoughts, takeaways from from this. Sound like dialogue. it's underwater is what it sounds like. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> I don't know if it exists anymore. <laughs> uh, great, great scene. I thought, um, yeah, uh, incredible. Uh, just a perfect cap of the of the episode of him not trusting him, him laying this out. He, and I love how he says like Val wanted me to tell you this. Like, right, you know, he, he's still kind of pushing it off, and he says yeah. like, ah, oh, this is what you're gonna get. Um, and then Cassian being the good dude, he's just like, good enough, man. Yeah, Let's just enough. do this thing. Let's do I, I definitely appreciate the dialogue between the two and that they've reconciled the differences. I am not a fan of the way they went about the that. I mean, yes, I know that we're making this a very real story. I watched Star Wars to escape, uh-huh. um, as most people do. I lost a family member to suicide this last year. Mm. And, and that's, you know, it wasn't like this, but I I think that there's a point where you have to stop and say, okay, how real do you want to make this fantasy? That's the line for me. Um, And I doubt someone from Lucasfilms actually listening to this. I I mean, it'd be great if you were, so you could hear a perspective on it and rightfully probably by now you already have, but um, I think that takes this, the, the storytelling a step too far. This is about space wizards and and tiny bears taking over, you know, regimes. That's what Star Wars is ultimately about at the end of the day. And I understand that this is a more mature story for a more, maybe even a more mature audience. I get that. But I'm still a kid at heart and I love Star Wars, but I don't like this, this, this story. I don't want that in Star Wars. I realize mm. it's a thing that can happen. And when Moff Gideon tries to go for it in Mando, when I initially saw it, it didn't do really anything to me. Having lost somebody to suicide now, it it changes my view on that. And I, I understand that you want to be vulnerable in your storytelling as a writer. And, and I get that. And you want to make things real for the story you're telling. But this is too far for me. Hmm. Um, I, I'd say that that is the biggest negative I've felt in this show. And um, I mean, I, I doubt that I'll become this you know, well-known voice speaking against this or anything. But I mean, for me, this is, this isn't good. I don't like that. I mean, I, I respect that I mean, I, I, as, as yeah. a human being. We, yeah. I, I think mean, we got to respect that. <laughs> well, and I appreciate that. And I, if, if somebody wanted to argue against that, I'm more than willing to have that discussion. It's not mm. that I, it's not that I don't see the pur- purpose and point behind it. I do. Um, 
I just don't think that belongs in Star Wars. I just, mm-hmm. it, that's not what Star Wars is. Star Wars is supposed to be an escape. It's supposed to be fun. Tell, tell stories, tell good stories. Okay. Yeah. You know, you can say so-and-so died. We all die at the end of the day. I mean, someone's, we're all going to die eventually. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but, you know, I just don't like that. And I, I could go on and on and on, I guess. But th- I appreciate that there's a reason for them reconciling as characters. Mm. I don't like the reason. And if I could change one thing, it, it'd be that. So yeah, sorry, no, I, to, sorry to add such a somber no, note to the story, I, but I want you, we want you to say it like yeah, it's a perspective that 100%. I don't have. Right. Like Same. Yeah. my perspective on it is that makes me go, wow, that's why he really hates the empire. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, I add, didn't take it I as a personal that. thing. Like, and the, and that's exactly what you're saying. Like, you know where they're coming from, but for you, it didn't work. And for me, I, I was just like, oof, like not yeah. great. Like I, well, I, I could see that. And just to add to that too, it's not something that I can speak to, but I saw it on Twitter. Somebody, and I respect it. Somebody took issue to Dedra downing two pills to continue work because there's people out there that really struggle. I thought with the same thing. Separating work and family life and they get to the point where they have to rely on medication to, yeah. to help with that and cope with that and there's if, some people on twitter taking issue with that because it hits way too close to home and yeah, again if you've watched something me it didn't bother me as i was yeah. watching it but if it's somebody that has gone through that i respect you struggling with seeing that depiction in star wars 100 yeah i don't like that either i forgot about that but that, if, if I, you I know me struggle, oh, i haven't struggled with i haven't struggled with that i may maybe know one person in my life who has actually struggled with that and, and that, that was so long ago that I, 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 I completely forgot about it. You know, um, the suicide thing is, is recent for me. The, I saw the pills and thought that's a bit extreme, but yeah. I could, but immediately I thought of the empire just being evil for whatever sure. reason. That's what I thought of. Yeah, Sorry, Zach, I'm, go ahead. I'm, I'm in this space where I, I don't want to sound like a bad guy, but I love that they show that mm. because it is real. That's right. a real thing. Like right, like people popping Adderall, that. and that's like, that's how I took it too. But yeah, I, like, again, I didn't have a personal connection. And with, again, I, with and I'm that. not saying you're wrong, and I'm not saying I'm right. Sure, I'm just yeah. saying to me, I I loved that beat because I was like, Ooh, this is heavy. Like this yeah. is real. And it's like I, yeah. to to be honest, I saw I noticed that more than I noticed the guy and the stones. Like I heard it, and I was like, oh, that's sad. But you know, with that one, I was like, oh, she's what is she taking? Like yeah. um, like that. Yeah. I liked it because it gives even more realism to this show that has been trying to I, prove I itself see that perspective. Yeah. As a, this isn't about space wizards and fantasy. This is mm-hmm. about the gritty. We're going to kill people to, it to is, win this. Um, yeah. It is the I, dark side of all of it. that. Yeah. And like, it's like for, again, back to that point though, I get where you, where you say, yeah, it, obviously I'm not even going to argue that it obviously brings a great weight to the story and that's fine. I like when stories give weight and meaning to what's going on. I don't think it needed those little notes. And, mm. and it's like, if I want to watch a, a story about drug addiction, I'll go watch Dallas buyers club. If I want to watch a story about suicide, I'll go binge watch 13 reasons why that for me, it's not something that needs to be in star Wars. And if I have to die on the Hill, I'll die on the Hill, but I, I, um, it's but whatever it, floats but, your boat, man. but it's oh, that's your a point, bad analogy, but back but. to your, well, yeah, but back to your, <laughs> back to your point though it does give this weight to the story and that's the point they're making 
they didn't, I know they didn't write this to make people mad. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I know they didn't do that. That probably wasn't their intention. If it was, that's messed up, but I doubt they did. Yeah, no, <laughs> but, but, but at the end of the day, you're going to have issues like that come up when you do yeah. things like this. When you and- drop real world stuff like that, yeah, it's going to hit people differently. To yeah. me, I haven't been affected by it. Same. Yeah. No, yeah. So it yeah. didn't hit me like that. You have. And so yeah. that's where you draw your line. That's okay. Yeah. Well, and I think this connects back to Zach's one of your big takeaways of this series so far. These really serious things that a lot of people in life deal with, unfortunately, the the storytellers, the writers making putting this in this series is them attempting to get that HBO feel that you mentioned. They're not they're not shying away from it. They're not turning the camera. Right. And I again, I'm a sicko. I love that. Uh, But I normally do love that kind of stuff. It just that moment, for whatever reason, I was like. I don't like that. You know, sure. it was, it was yeah. one, of, but I generally speaking, things like that have never really bothered me. Well, I, I, if when it's, if it's relevant to the story, put it in. I mean, story. I'm glad you brought it up though, because I, yeah. 100%. I wouldn't have thought about it. So I'm glad you did. I mean, that was my DJ. One of the first things that we said to each other, as soon as we saw the premiere of this episode is I had to rethink what star wars was for this series because the first moments were in a brothel and never in star wars yes. did i ever think that was yeah. going to happen that just set the tone to what this show is willing to go to it, as far yeah, as story you're right in retrospect themes. looking back at it you're absolutely right great at discussion. that, com- at that conversation fantastic. i love it i love it <laughs> yeah, give me give incredible. me give me the brothels give me the all of it baby yeah. star wars come on <laughs> i need go. less how about that <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're close to our closing moments here of this episode. Uh, We're still on Aldani. One more thing. Tarman is now completely in charge as Vel avoids answering where she will be as she and Cinta go off. Anything y'all want to add to that? I I really think that's just setting up next episode for the for the crew. I thought it was interesting um, that she's like going off and doing something on her. Like I was like, what's she doing? You know, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. DJ. Yeah. All just a setup, like you said. Yeah. Okay. And then we go to our final moments on Coruscant, which is our only moments of this week's episode with Luthen. If I personally had a negative of this week's episode, it would be the fact that we only had one moment <laughs> with Luthen, just because I have totally fallen in love <laughs> yeah. with Stellan Skarsgård in this show. Luthen is listening for signals, and his co-worker says, if you want to be useful, go clean some coins. The co-worker basically reveals that she's in the know of everything whenever she says that Vale is the only one who traces back. Luthen is worried with how connected he is to Andor. Co-worker says it will all be over this time tomorrow. And then again, I love this dialogue. Luthen says, or it'll just be starting. And co-worker with a smirk on her face says, or that. Lights go off. We're, the, the stage has been set for this mission to go down in next week's episode. But we'll pause there as far as speculating for next week, and we'll just focus in on this dialogue for right now. Any big takeaways from this moment here with Luthen? Ooh, I just thought of one thing. Well, it just escaped me, so never mind. Maybe Ah, I'll think of it in a second. All right, y'all take it away. (laughs) What did y'all think of the dialogue? Um, I thought it was fantastic. Mm. Probably my favorite scene of the show, or of the episode, of the episode, not show, of episode. Um. Because, again, going back to dialogue and, and, and acting, this is the first time we have seen Luthen be human in the sense of like, mm-hmm. he's freaking out. He is losing it. Like, 
This he's, is the first time trying, somebody puts him in his place. Too. Like he's trying to, yes, but he's like trying to listen to make sure like nothing's coming through and all this. Mm-hmm. Like it's the first time we see him not be this, you know, walking in with his cane and like, I'm so yeah. I, I'm ahead he's of this. Not like, a, he's not a salesman in this moment. Th- like, yeah. yes, it's, it's him. And it's, you, it's behind the curtain. He has no control at this point. He's done yep. what he's can. It's like watching your kids. Just you go, baby, you do your thing. Yep. Like you're going to freak out. And I love that the coworker coworkers in on it. Yeah. And the fact she can like kind of bounce off of him and mm-hmm. be like, Hey, like there's nothing you can do. So yeah. let's walk off the ledge, put the thing back in the case. Let's go on. And you just made me think of what I blanked on there as far as he's kind of like skiing in a sense, connecting to Cassie and telling him, you know, we're a day before the mission. So you're just freaking out. That's exactly what Luthen's got going on right now. We're we're a day before the mission and he's absolutely losing his mind. And even says co-workers there to to calm him down. I didn't realize how important this mission is. Like Mm. if this mission doesn't happen. Yeah. There's no may not be no rebellion. Like, right, I mean, yeah. that's the vibes I'm getting in the sense of like, they have to have this money. Mon Mothma's struggling, you know, doing these Switzerland accounts or whatever she's doing. Like, I, I, it brings even more weight to next week. Ooh, can't wait. 100%. DJ, your takeaways from the scene. This is, you know, so to borrow a phrase, are you saying, Zach, that this mission is the spark that will light the fire that will burn the fire to the ground? (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Uh, You know, I have always hated that line. I hate it too. I hate that line. It's way too clunky, way too long. Too cheesy. It's said like three times in the whole movie. Like, we didn't need the reminder, guys. Okay. 100%. This is Last Jedi, right? Yes. yes. It's oh, bad. yeah. They're it's not, they're not. The spark to light <laughs> no, no, no. the fire to join no, 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 the flame no, no, no. that it's like it has nothing to do with Last Jedi. I That's was just, just kidding. Bad you know, I was acting writing. like one of those those guys. I, agree. <laughs> I have hated that line writing. forever. Yes. I just agree say we'll be the light the fire or whatever. Like just well, it's like at right. Galaxy's Edge. It's kind of Hunger Gamesy. Yes. It was feeding into the culture of the time and it was terrible. That's what it was. Um. No, my my main thing here is that. I, I want to give a reason. Go ahead, Caleb. I was just going to say, Last Jedi always comes up when Zach's on the show somehow. It really does. <laughs> and I don't hate the movie. Like, I, the movie's fine. It's just like there's these it's little great. things. I love that. No, it, it is. there's a lot of little things there for sure. No, this is my main thing. I, I want to give a reason why Luthen is so uh, worried beyond the obvious. Look, if if somebody told me that Vel is Luthen's daughter, I'd believe them. I've heard that theory and I kind of subscribe to it a little well, bit. Well, they bit. number one, they both look just so much alike. I mean, and and that I don't mean that in any kind of a disrespectful way at all. I just he's a light haired could be on purpose. Yeah, light haired guy, light eyes, you know, he's got blue eyes, blonde hair. She's got blue eyes, blonde hair. I mean, she looks like she just walked off the set of Vikings from History Channel. You know, she looks she's scant- awesome. She looks like she belongs as Game a of Thrones sheep. actress, by the way. Yeah, and I knew I knew that, but she looks like she should be a sheep herder in Scandinavia. That's what she looks like she should do, and and that's basically what she's doing here is be pretending to be a sheep herder. I don't know where this was shot. I'm just assuming it's like in the British Isles or whatever. But Somewhere all beautiful. that, yeah, clearly, yeah. But <laughs> you know, you, you just the, their their dialogue when he he gets off the ship and Cassian goes with her. There's just something that she's not sharing 
not just to Cassian, but also to the group. I think that could be it. Um, and I think that lends to why Luthen's so worried. I mean, can you imagine if Bail Organa had lived past the, the destruction of Alderaan and seen Leia go into Jabba's palace as a bounty hunter? I mean, he'd be, he'd be freaking out. Like yeah. you're not doing that, you know. I mean, that that's exactly what he would have done, and especially after seeing Obi Wan Kenobi, it's like, yeah, that's. Exactly and this what might even be more intense than that. Like this, you're going into a heavily guarded base with like five people. Yep. And you're t- like, yeah, I I, hey, I definitely could see that. I didn't even think about that. But borrowing one more line, but this time from Rogue One, make ten men feel like a hundred. Yeah. That's what we're gonna see. I saw someone put that on Twitter like two weeks ago. Do, do y'all like that line? Oh, that I do like incredible. that line. That okay. line's great. <laughs> plus, plus my plus my boy Cassian said it. So it's, it's like, also not four hundred sentence or words long like the other one. We will like <laughs> go ahead. We, we will light the fire with a tin that we have instead That's of what I mean. we'll light we the fire to spark the flame that will light the forest. Isn't that a thing like- at Galaxy's Edge too? Like if you like yell light the fire so everybody else is supposed to like yell back that. something no idea a... i'm okay. glad no one did it yeah okay well that's i would <laughs> i would cringe i think that i think that disney's moving away from the canon of galaxy's edge by putting boba and mando and fennec in there good that's fine i, I don't think care i was a little i was a little pissed about it to be honest with you but oh. you know but yeah. now i like, guess when you're boba. there like i know i'm at a theme park i know i'm not on the planet so i want to see Ray and Chewie what? and you're telling me I wasn't in Star Wars when I went there. Come on, bull crap. Yeah, you are, you know what I mean. Like I paid panic. way too much money for that. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm not in canon, right? Now, no, I'm, you are. Me, you are canon. Zach I guess Lord I am. Now. Yeah, we're canon. We've been technically there. If you but, rode, you rode the Falcon. You did the rise. I of the did resistance. ride the Falcon. Yeah. You're canon, baby. Yeah, we're I mean, canon. I'm not. I'm just. I did. Rise of Resistance. I'm still legends. <laughs> Rise of Resistance. You best I'm best EU, ride on yes. earth, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, it is. It is. Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah. How no. are we back to galaxies? <laughs> because it's so good. It is. It's great. I had no, to bring like, it up. <laughs> I thought Luthen was amazing. I love him. He's my favorite character in the show. I love that we got him. I didn't even think we were going to get him this episode. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't think we would either. I thought it was good. Okay. Well, great scene. Great scene. That, that sets us for episode six. I mean, are y'all fully on board with the mission's got to be going down, right? At this point, I can't imagine them milking it another episode. And it's the third episode, right? Of this new yeah. of this arc. So, yeah. And the only way they don't do it is if they spend the whole episode on a uh, Ferrix. And I don't think they're going to do that. God, of course, I don't do that. Maybe no, we could get well, the yeah, senatorial they, stuff with Mon Mothma. Oh gosh, please don't milk it just for all the pol- politics. It'd be so oh, boring. We won't. It, we're getting it 100. Yeah. percent We're getting death. We're getting some. We're getting some. They're gonna do. I don't know if they finished the mission. Yeah, I think they'll. I think it'll yeah, all think be so. the next thing. Oh, I'm I think it right ends now. with you know seeing that shot from the trailer with Cassian He's through the, the eye that, or whatever. He's the only one that makes it out. I think they're all. I think Vel goes with him. I think Vel's with him out of it. She lights the cannon that like does the twirlies. She lights the cannon that brings yeah, the mission. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Location about down. The, uh, the, la- the lasers that shoot out of either side of that ship. Is she the one? Controlling? I didn't see it on the trailer. Oh, I don't so think I don't, I don't think that ask, ship's like... from this mission. Okay. I think that's later. I think that's later. We'll see. I though. thought it was Luthen's ship, uh, but who knows? Maybe. I think uh, I think Val survives, and I think she's the only one. Val and Cassian. That'd be good. Okay, good, yeah. I'm struggling with Senta too, though. Mm. Maybe though, maybe, I, maybe think, Senta I think Senta survives and Vel dies. Uh, maybe 
maybe. I can see are, that. Are they like a thing? By the I way? think they are. I think oh, okay. they are a thing. I think one. Okay, I'll say this then. I think one of them dies for emotional impact, while another one survives. That's what I mean. Like, so she can tell the story and and be inspiring, and it's but the rest of the boys, they're out. Oh yeah, Uh, they dead. (laughs) Nimic, whatever his name, Nimric, Nimic. I don't know. Tarly, Gorn, (laughs) Corn, Fair. I don't know all these names. Yeah, (laughs) Corn. He did. Yeah, they all did. Skeen, he's gone. Skeen gone. (laughs) Skeen's gone. 100% 100% he's gone. The he's going to be in like Cassian's arms too. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be one yeah. of those. The kid needs to just die immediately. Just He's going him. to. I'm telling I'm like putting my he, stamp yeah. on it. Well, he has to. I mean, he's too he's too lovable. You can't have that lovable of a character and be a human. Yeah. He has to and be he cares too much about the rebellion. He's not yeah. too he's not gray enough. And he'll die for it, you know. Yep. Bingo. He'd be he'd be perfect uh, frontline guy and that's what he is. So, it's great. Well, there you go. Episode Touche. Episode five, titled what was the title again? The Axe of the Forest. The Axe forgets. <laughs> the Axe forgets. It was fantastic. The dopest names ever. Admittedly, it was probably of the five episodes. I don't know. May, no, I don't think it was the the worst of the bunch so far. How I, mean, many I don't episodes like. I don't like using ma- that worst name because I, I've enjoyed every single episode we've gotten so far. If I'm being how many uh, episodes was Mandalorian season one? Eight. Eight. Both of them. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna go on the hill here and say this is the best Star Wars Disney Plus show. Oh, mm, oh. no! You're talking to to Mando talk here. The Mandalorian. <laughs> I take. I, we're only five episodes in, but it's already way, way better written, way yeah. better directed. That's coming think, from that's coming from somebody who's not seen all of Clone Wars. Sure, but because um, if you if you see all of Clone Wars and all of Rebels, you would probably recant that statement. I said on I've Disney seen, Plus. I've seen all of so. Clone, Clone Wars and Rebels, and and if, Mandalorian's better than those two, in yeah, my opinion. Man, no, that's what I'm saying. If you watch Rebels and you watch Clone Wars, it makes Mandalorian the greatest show. Oh, ever. I see what you're saying. Oh, you're saying. oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I see. I the greatest see. show, greatest Disney Plus show for Star Wars. Okay. Andor, Andor's not there yet. Andor I needs. I think they're just two to, totally different things. They they are very different. I think Mandalorian genres. is yeah. what what dj wants star wars to be i think andor is what i want star wars to be that's probably really on point does that, that make sense yeah, we're like fair. mandalorian is fantasy and and cool and fun and exciting and adventure yes. pew, 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 pew. and andor yes. is dark and it's real and gritty but I and like serious the dark I like the darkness of it. Rogue One's my favorite star wars movie yeah, yeah that's so true. it's not that's it's true. not that i i dislike it yeah, but you're right. Mandalorian. I'm wearing it. I mean, Mandalorian. Well, that, that's what I what mean. I like, want. yeah, and Mandalorian is written in my mind. It's written like a fan of Star Wars. This yes. is written like a dude who lives in Star Wars. OK, OK. I think I that is it. the best way you could have said that. that I love it. That's fair. Absolutely I think perfect. Andor is also just playing so well because it's it's a great palate cleanser as far as like yes. all of this yes. traditional pew pew slash slash Star Wars that we've been getting. I mean, I we've got Star, Mando, Star Wars is never fit. Obi-Wan, like all this except for flashy Rogue One. Star oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wars Sorry, stuff. except for Rogue One, 100 percent. And obviously that makes sense. Right. I think of them as one and the same, to be honest. Um, yeah. I, OK, that's I, that's probably right. on Fascinating. Point, honestly. Yeah, I, lo- I love this show. I can't believe because I, I didn't too, give two craps about this show when they announced it. Mm. I got to be honest. I was like, oh, God. Okay. And I can't get <laughs> enough of it. I've been floored from the beginning. And other than the couple of things I noted earlier, th- this is one of the best 
pieces of Star Wars storytelling. It it at, at this point, I'll just be. Uh, this is whew, this is going to be a divisive statement. Uh-huh. Um, I think it surpasses Obi Wan Kenobi at this point. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Obi Wan. I love Obi Wan. I love Ewan. I love Hayden. I even love little Leia. I thought all of that was fantastic. The difference is that that was just a little too much like Grogu and Mando. Should have been a movie. Here, absolutely. We, here we've got no connection other than Rogue One, and it's beautiful. That's well, why it's maybe so good, Clone man. Wars, but... That's why it's so good. Yeah. We need to do add this to the list, DJ. We need to do an Obi Wan Kenobi six months later podcast because man, I got some thoughts on it. I got yeah. some deep I need thoughts to re- on I that. I need to rewatch <laughs> Obi Wan. I haven't uh, watched it in a while. I need to rewatch yeah. it too. Yeah, I love. Well, I mean, I loved it when I watched it. But. We need to all three of us be on that one. There you I'd go. love to do that. That would be fantastic. Perfect. All right, Andor. The great and fantastic thing about this is we're not even halfway through the show yet. Twelve total episodes. Crazy. Next week will be the halfway point. Uh, can't wait for episode six. And I can't wait to hopefully maybe we can do this again. Maybe we can pull it off to talk about Andor and, and all of its greatness by the time this entire show has come come out maybe all three of us can come back together and uh discuss from there but man this was fantastic i think uh, admittedly this has got to be the deepest we've dove into an episode in a quite frankly a long time here at mando talk with us three being able to to get this done so hopefully our audience hopefully you love that if you did let us know uh i mean the more you let us know the more likely it's possible for us to be able to get to do this again I mean, if we're getting engagement with it, then that means we're going to keep delivering it. So that was fantastic. I absolutely loved every single second of that. Zach, thanks for coming on, man. Any final thoughts that you want to share with with the people? Uh, Just thanks for having me, of course. But uh, this is why I want to come on the show. You guys always give me more perspective, and especially with a show like Andor, where we've never had this much to think about and chew on. It's been very, you know, surface Mm -hmm. level stuff and we're dig like you said it's a one sentence you know point on our list and we talk about it for 30 minutes because it's so deep and it's just so fun and and i hope everybody listening this is a long one but yeah i hope everybody uh enjoyed it and hopefully we can get back together if anything for the season finale you know what i mean percent yeah dj final words um andor is great i think it's a great (laughs) show um and and it's it's so so much fun to look at it from a cinematic perspective, and that's my very cheesy segue. Um, of asking whoever's listening to take a look at a new podcast. Me and some friends are starting. Um, there you go. Called, it's called um, Cinematic Theology. Um, it's um, you'll know you'll know us by our um, our our profile picture. It's got three three heads on it. Two of them have beards, and one of them doesn't because. Well, one of the guys is kind of weird. Uh, a little bit, yeah, a little bit. The <laughs> little old band from Texas. Um, but what we're basically doing is we're looking at movies, whether we've seen them before or not, and looking at them through a biblical worldview and, and seeing what we can learn about <clears throat> Christ and, and God through that. And I don't normally talk about that side of my life on Mando Talk, and I, I've kept it that way on purpose. But um, I just didn't want this to become a, a, a thing like that. And I wanted to just talk about star Wars, but if you've ever wondered, how does a certain story relate to, to God? Uh, we're going to be doing stories like that on the show very soon. And we've already got a trailer episode out on pretty much every podcast platform. So it's separate from Mando talk, but I'm still here. I'm still here to do Mando talk. I'm still here to talk star Wars. And I've been able to make sure that I've been able to keep that. So, 
um, I got Star Wars here and other movies elsewhere. I love filmmaking and I love, I love talking about that. And our first episode uh, we're recording next weekend. So it'll be out hopefully before the end of November. Um, we're going to, we're going to drop like four or five episodes at once, but if you want to go oh, check nice. out the, yeah. Way so if you want first movie, I'll say this real quick tease for our listeners. We're doing a, a 1956 movie uh, called uh, invasion of the body snatchers. Um, oh yeah absolutely incredible movie uh never seen it before the other day loved 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 it and um and also the guy who made our music for our intro music john Hare, he is on the show with me and a good buddy of mine named parker so john and parker and me will be on there so if you want to learn more about that and, and check that out uh, by all means do so but you don't have to it's fine if you don't but you should there you <laughs> and go and also hey, also subscribe to mando should. talk on <laughs> yeah YouTube. hey 15 subs away from 300 Come on, 300 deep. We're close. 15. Let's go. I know there's 15 of you we're listening. 15 you better click away. It. We're 15 away from storming the Persians, y'all. Yeah, Come on. Go. and Come we on. lose, but that's okay. <laughs> Make we will 15 fight in feel the like shadow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. I, I don't have anything else to say after that except follow Mando Talk at Mando Talk on Twitter. Uh, if you want more Star Wars coverage, uh, if you want to break from Star Wars, I know you don't ever want to break Star Wars. This is fantastic. But if you ever want to hear me talk about other franchises, other film, other television shows, get at me on TikTok exclusively at Casual Geek Clips, where I share my opinions, reactions, just anything, really. They're clips of me just sharing my my love. Very for well other done, fandoms. I might add. Yep. Thank love you. It. Appreciate Very that, well man. done. Yes. Appreciate that. There you go. Hey, how I'm not even I'm not even schmoozing. I'm just being honest. <laughs> like it's yeah. truly good stuff. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Hopefully you're enjoying Andor. We'll definitely be talking about Andor the next time we collectively come together for our hour long podcast. But for some more Star Wars content, YouTube, I'm still trying to crank out Star Wars content weekly as well there. So again, subscribe to the YouTube channel Mando Talk. The link is down in the description wherever you're listening and we'll appreciate that subscription. But now it's time for us to get out of here. Hopefully you have a good day, good week, good weekend, good month, good life. And we'll see you on the next one. And as always, we have spoken. <laughs>